I think, again, the most valuable lesson that I have learned is that you just cannot build a following by switching games. Right. Um, generally speaking, the reason for that is because you just can't get traction. It's I think it's disorienting for your viewers. And I've talked about this a lot lately. Whenever I leave Destiny and lose a lot of viewers, I say, look, look it's a good and a bad thing. Right. The, the good thing is, is that you can really leverage the fact that people are loyal to a game. So people are super loyal to Destiny, or when I started out there, super loyal to Borderlands, you can actually leverage that as a streamer and really dig in and grow and build a community there. And obviously, that means when you leave, you lose some people. Right. The the disadvantage to bouncing around is that you you're always losing people. You're always sort of like people are like, well, I'm not really interested in this game. I don't want spoilers. There's always that handful of reasons you're going to get from the thousands of people that may or may not, you know, watch you on a given week. Right. So that, I think, was the most important lesson I learned. I was striving after an ideal and didn't quite have the the foundation and the groundwork there to do that, to, to do variety streaming. And I also, I also found a home in Destiny that I didn't think I would find. Um, my stream convinced me to run the raid. I was never going to run the raid. I was like, I don't want to. They were like, you should start doing hard carries. I was like, there's no way I'm going to do hard carries. And that's all I do now. I do hard carries. They were like, get 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 Destiny for the PS4. And I'm like, no, I'm never going to do that. So, and now I have Destiny on so PS4. So I have a question. You, because I, I know I watch you pretty much every day, right? So right. I know that you do a lot of raids um, all the time. A Is lot. that something? I remember there's a time that you stopped doing Destiny, right? Because there was other yeah. content and you were trying to really push the content and then there was a moment, I would say, what, like, was it mid-December-ish when it, 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 like, you said, you know what, I'm going back into Destiny and started doing, like, heavy raids, or was that November? Because I remember you played Fallout. You were doing Fallout. Yeah. So yeah, what, it, was, it was somewhere between November and December where I switched back to Destiny. So what made you, what made you decide to go, you know what, I'm going to do hardcore raids nonstop. I mean, I know you did normal raids. But what made you t turn on Switch and stop playing Fallout? And then all of a sudden you saw these great numbers because there was a time that you were you were struggling, right? You were just like like could barely break like thirty, right? Yeah. And you were in the hundreds before, and then you mm -hmm. couldn't break for like thirty. And we thought maybe it was Twitch's problem. We didn't know what was going on. And then you went back to Destiny, and that Destiny community just kind of came back and uh, you know respirated you and, and, and hit you. Yeah, I mean, I did a couple of things. There was a theory on Reddit that the past broadcasts were causing a glitch. And as soon as I turned off past broadcasts and I deleted every past broadcast, I suddenly had better numbers, like right. overnight. And I did that even before I think I went back to Destiny. And I remember they made all these switches to the VOD system so you could have all these extra features. And then I started noticing when they do that, I would go live, but the past broadcast wouldn't go away. It would just sit there. Right. And then it would go live underneath of it. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. And my theory and the theory on Reddit is that that was glitching out the apps and other avenues of watching. 
And those apps thought that you were offline because the past broadcast was like stuck in its place. And so when I turned that off, I started seeing numbers can't come back up. And then I think I just came to the realization that I wasn't going to do the thing that nobody else had done. Nobody else has built a following off of just hopping from random games. They get to the point where they have the freedom, the authority, and the relevance to be like, I'm going to play any game I want, and you're interested in what I have to say about it. That's actually... Well, I know one person. I know one person that skipped around from games and made a huge, huge following, which is Co-Carnage. Co-Carnage, he's a variety streamer, always does it. He did build up, uh, like, when he played Fallout, it was ridiculous. He was getting, like, 32,000 people, like, watching him play that. So it, it, was, it was quite interesting to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I think some of that, too, like, there's just a history there with Justin TV and Twitch that some of us just weren't a part of. I, I think some of those guys got in on a ground level and got traction that isn't possible anymore. I, I think that with 1.2 million streamers and climbing, and now you have Leviathans like Lyric and Co-Carnage and Summit and even Gathalian that can just throw themselves into any directory and they're just at the top. And then there's all those other people you know, beneath them. I think that the, the, the ability to get traction now in a new game is basically impossible right. because – there's no, there are no inroads. There's no way to get noticed. There's no way to get seen. And I don't think that reality existed back then. I also don't think you had the type of consistent games launching back then. So you right. could, there was just like, you could really get into a game and grind it out and people were more interested. Now it's like, there's loyalty to games. There's loyalty to people, to teams, to all this. There's these, there's this whole demographic now on Twitch where if you're just a small fry, nobody really cares about you until you start to climb and have that community that you can bring with you like Gathalian's done that he has a he has people that he brings with him it's like boom he's he's got more streamers than you be when he's playing the division I mean right. that that's or more viewers I should say so okay going forward I mean you're I mean you're on the you're on the cusp of, of becoming partnered like you're waiting it could happen like right now you could get an email right now that could say that you're being partnered uh, I was hoping I'll be honest I was hoping that you would get partnered today and this would be like your hurrah you know like you come on the show from where when i first when i first saw you and first found you i wasn't like you know a a scout or anything i found you you were around like six seven thousand people Mm -hmm. uh and i saw you on uh the sovereign podcast and when i first met you i was like i thought that was your show that's how and then i when i saw you on that doing that show i was like this this guy's got something i gotta contact him and in your podcast i said hey would you like to be on my show and you were like yeah let's do it and from that we just had a a a nice start of a friendship uh you know so i was really hoping that you would be on this show and this would be like hey guys i'm partnered you know and then i could go go say hey go sub to to lono yeah so um but hopefully tomorrow man hopefully tomorrow it'll it'll happen for you um you say you say you think it's going to happen tomorrow so hopefully it does so going forward um once you become partnered do you feel like this big weight lifted off your shoulders and now you're like, are you going to take a break from raid running? Or are you going to constantly just go, you know what? I'm, I'm partnered. Uh, I'm, I'm pushing full steam ahead. Still no rest for the wicked. No rest for the wicked. Yeah. It's, it's just got it. I, um, probably over 9,000 just got partnered and T-Rex like DM'd him was like, congratulations. Welcome to the new grind. Right. And he said, that's scary. But like, I think we all know that veil gets lifted and it's like, okay, now's the, now's the real legwork. Right. You know, the, 
And w w when I talked with Goth, he talked about that, about how some people create this this false sense of loyalty, like it's false loyalty. They get people to sub for gimmicks or little things here and there, and he's like, you don't want to do that because you have to build like a true and committed following, and that's very difficult. It's not easy to do. It's one thing to get people to click follow or to hang out. It's another thing to get them to pay money. Now, obviously, if you're familiar with my stream, the generosity is mind-blowing sometimes, so... That to me is like, okay, I've got people that are probably willing to sub regularly, and that's a good thing. I want to give them value, so I'm focused on both. I think the danger is being like, well, I'm just going to go for subs, go for subs, and I think that's when you do start to focus on some of the gimmicky things that can then devalue your stream. Right. Because you're not giving the people – you're not giving the people what got you there, and I think that's a danger because if they're like, well, wait a minute. You got partnered and you were doing this thing, and now you're not doing it anymore. You're doing X, Y, and Z. And so I've been really – I've been thinking about that a lot, and I think that what I've landed on is that raids will be very consistent, and, and Destiny will probably always be my landfall game, especially because I like it so much. It's really easy to stream. If you stream yeah. you stream other games, you'll find out very quickly right. why it's, Destiny it's that, does so well. well. I'll tell you a really easy game to stream is Euro Truck Simulator. That's a, that's a real easy game to stream while you're, while you're talking to chat. You can literally just like do anything you want, walk away, and still, still driving. Um, right. Right, and so I think that's my focus is I want to give that value, still do the raids, be thoughtful about how to do raids specifically for subs, but still do it for people that aren't subs, but then I'm going to try and use weekends and the fun time to be like, hey, let's play Rocket League with viewers, let's play Plants vs. Zombies right. with viewers, because I want to have that variety, I still want to be committed to doing new content and reviewing it, I think that's important, that's something I'm committed to from the beginning of my channel, and I think it's important in the evolution of gaming, but still giving that value to people that have been like, hey, we've been here with you since the beginning, right. and not suddenly being like, I got to get subs, I got to get subs. That's a, that's a mistake I'm going to make sure I do my best to not make. Now, as far as, as, far as becoming, I mean, you're, you're close to 20, 20 grand, 20,000, I have, I have, um, have passed that. You've passed 20? Yeah. Okay. So Sweetness. As, a, as, a, as, a, as a growing streamer and, a, and on the cusp you know, of going over to be, to be partnered, um, do you find it more difficult now because your chat has, you know, average 170 200 uh it's not a waterfall yet of of dialogue that's happening but do you find it harder to give that same attention to your your community that was there from the very beginning yeah i do and uh it's that i don't know it's it's like it's like when you you raise a kid but then they leave home you know, what you're working toward is has a sadness to it. Even you know what I'm saying? So it's like I'm working toward having a big stream and I know what come I know what comes with that. Right. I know I know what I'm headed toward. I'm not I don't have delusions of grandeur, but I know with with the patterns and the growth that we have and the people that I'm surrounded by networked with with the Destiny community and that how that directory works. I I, I know where I'm headed and there's a sadness there. It's like this this isn't going to be like this for very long, right? But that's why I'm really focused and committed on having those those fun times because I know when I click on Rocket League or something on the weekends, I'll, it'll be that core group and we'll have a blast and we'll be it'll be like the good old days and it'll make it sweeter I think in a way like hey during the week it's kind of crazy but this is the, this is the time you get that more intimate you know environment hanging out like we used to. Um, but then at the same time celebrating it because, I mean, that's a big achievement to have a chat that I'm, like, overwhelmed by and can't keep up with. 
um, and kind of trying to hold both things in my hand, like remembering where I've come from and celebrating at the same time. So that way then you don't, I think sometimes people say, oh, he's totally different now. He got partnered and I can't get (laughs) it. I think you're always going to get that though, right? You're always going to have the the people. And then there's the people that come in and they're like, they're like, hey, because they, they come in at the right moment, right? And they think that you're raging. And they're like, oh, your name says say no to rage. And it's like, all right, go away. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I've, been, I've, been, I've been at works for six hours. Allow me to be a little frustrated. Right, right. Yeah. How dare you become a little <laughs> frustrated? Um, so for the new people that come in, those people that are oblivious to, you know, they, they've never seen you before, right? And they come in and all of a sudden they, they jump in. How do you how do you as a streamer right bring them in and make them feel a part of the community uh, as because you're growing more and it's hard to you know see those new people come in like you see new names popping in and you know they're new but how do you make them feel like welcome and part of the part of the crew? Uh, I think it's really important early on and I and I did this accidentally but then more intentionally as things grew it's the culture that you foster is going to do some of that for you and you talked about this before how your chats like the white blood cells when a troll comes in yeah. they're also the welcoming committee when a person comes in and you're too busy to say something because you're at Oryx and literally can't look away or you're playing trials or or you're playing the division and you're like in a gunfight and can't be like hang on a minute Oh, there's somebody new here. You know, you don't, you can't do that. And so your, your welcoming committee, the way that they welcome people and the way that they interact with them, that's got like your fingerprints all over it. If you've been developing a culture sort of influenced by yourself and what you're committed to, which is why I was always so committed to having that interaction and squashing silly things like console, you know, wars and even little squabbles and stuff like that. I've always shut down real quick. Right. So it's this. It, I think I, sh- I short-circuited and slowed some of my growth early on because I was really stern and stiff on some of that. But now it's like it's a, it's a stronger cord of people and you can't break it. You come in and it's like there's this culture of, of really – people are like, everyone's so nice here. I've never been to a stream like this. Right. And What's wrong I, with you I, people? <laughs> yeah, this is bizarre. That's always a feather in my cap when somebody says that. I'm like that. that's, that's exactly what I want because I can't – I know the reality is that I can't – give that warmth and that like, hey, how are you? What right. are you up to? What games do you like? But my chat can and they're an extension of me in a way. Like they're they are they're here to support me, Absolutely. but they're also an extension of the culture that I've tried to foster. And I think that's when it starts to become truly special because it takes on this organic life of its own and then you just get to enjoy it. You just get to enjoy the ride that I don't feel like I'm grinding right now. I'm just getting to turn on my stream and enjoy myself. Right. And that's that's a nice thing because I know this is the calm before the storm. Like I said, I know what's what's probably around the corner. So um, that I, yeah, as other streamers, I would really encourage them when you're when you're starting out. That's something that's a better way to focus your energy. Don't focus on views. Focus on fostering a culture that if it if it morphs and expands and mushrooms is going to be great instead of, you know, because I talk about an example. I, I celebrate when I'm high in the directory because I want my chat to yeah. celebrate that because they're a part of that. But I also celebrate the fact there's other people up there with me. I talk about yeah. how I'm honored to be up there with big streamers. Yeah, you're very good at that. Because I squash the idea that like, oh, they're stealing views or they're pushing me down. It's like, no, it's not a competition. So now people have come in and said, oh, dude, it's so awesome to see you up there with Wish You Luck. It's awesome to see you up there with Professor Broman. They're celebrating 
and and not seeing it as a competition. And that's something that I intentionally wanted to foster as a way to be like, we're all in this together. Um, so if you're a small streamer, you need to do that and be very careful. I was kind of I, I was very negative for a while there because of how bad things were going. And if I would have stayed in that rut, my chat would have probably stayed in that rut. And right. that's not good for growth and it's not good for community. All right. Well, you kind of you kind of touched on it. the last question. Basically, uh, you know, what what advice? Because now the advice that you gave back 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 when back in like August. OK, if yeah. you guys want to go see the advice you gave back then, I guarantee you it'll be different advice that he's going to give you right now. So what advice would you give for some streamer um, that wants to start out? They're like, oh, my God, I love you, Lono. I want, I want to stream like you. What computer are you using? What, what capture card are you using? What gear? Nice shirt. Right? Yeah. So what, what advice would you give those, the, those guys? I, th- I think the thing that you don't know and then when you know it, you wish you did is sort of how, how the Twitch community and how networking works. And it's difficult, even now when I try and tell people about it, it's like you almost can't, you can't put your finger on it until you're sort of in there for a while and bouncing around in the in the, in the directories. The number one thing that we've always on on the Rageless Roundtable, every time we ask, it always comes back to networking. And I was so bad at that. I I remember early on people telling me to do that, and I was like, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. I don't even know what streaming is. Like I was so new, I was just ignorant. And when I got into the Destiny directory. I made a significant, um, I won't call it a mistake or an error, but I made a significant sort of different path choice. I was constantly raiding Fistmaster because I loved him and I was like, I want to get this guy partnered. Right. Well, he was always streaming Borderlands, so I was always taking my growth and my momentum and then just taking it out of the directory to another person. And I don't regret that at all. I, I'm, I'm truly happy with that decision. But if a smaller streamer is doing that, if they're only helping out their one buddy or they're not really helping out anybody – or they're making the silly mistake of raiding right. a really big streamer. <laughs> right, right. You're not ne- you're not networking at that point. So my biggest encouragement to people is this: constantly open up the directory and just every day see who's around you and just start taking names down and then hang out in their chat because you don't want to raid and network with somebody who's a complete and utter douchebag. Right, right. Um, so it doesn't they don't have to just be in proximity because they could be toxic. And if you find somebody you really like. Become, just start kind of chatting, hanging out. Give yourself 30 minutes. Like shut down 30 minutes early and be like, you know what? I'm going to do a little research today. I'm going to hang out. And if you find somebody you like, then they're your, they're your target for that week. You're going to raid them. You're going to hang out in their chat and get to know their community. Because if you do that for a couple of months, I think you're going to end up finding that you have this group of people around you that make you stronger, make you better. And who knows who they know? Who knows who they're connected to? And I always say a rising tide lifts all boats. So if you're helping each other, you can climb that directory together and right. maybe get some maybe get some love and get noticed. Because the the other the other ways of doing it just don't work. Trying to rate a big person is stupid because they barely notice you. Nobody in their stream is going to be like, "Oh, hey, that person rated. Let's all go check them out." Even when they give you a shout out, it doesn't happen. Trust me, I've been shouted out by big dogs before. I'm not even rating them. They just like say my name, like, "Oh, you should go check them out." I get like one follow out of like. A couple thousand people watching so that strategy doesn't work don't do it so network with the people around you and give it time let it let it be natural and organic don't force it don't be um the 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 motto from the networking group i used to be a part of is givers gain the people who give end up gaining but don't give to gain 
because that's going to end up being seen for what it is. Don't just try and drift off people and and mooch off people. Don't be a leech. The more you give, you'll just be surprised all of a sudden one day you're like everything's starting to come full circle and background and help me and these people are being great. Um, and you'll get friendships out of it. That's the, that's the thing yeah. I never expected to have. I never expected to have friendships from streaming because I didn't know what I was getting into to begin I with. Feel, I feel the exact same way. I mean I never thought for one instance when I first – talk to you on there that you would come on the show over six months and then you would you came to florida we you know our kids met we we hung out at a zoo it was surreal like seeing you in in, in real life man um and then we'll see each other again when you come down for uh uh, destiny con or i'm sorry destiny community con 2016 uh so uh and that's another thing, real quick. Go ahead and uh, go ahead and plug that real fast because you know m- more about it than I do because you're you're actually helping uh, get volunteers for it. So go ahead and and, and plug that. Yeah, uh, Destiny Community Con, August twenty seventh in Tampa, Florida, at the Florida State Fairgrounds. Uh, there will be meet and greets. There will be panels. The panels will be streamed if you can't make it to the event. There'll be six uh, uh, PlayStations, I believe, PlayStation 4 setups. You can play Crucible with characters that have been created and sort of grinded up by actual streamers like T-Rex and some others. And there'll be laser tag. There's going to be all kind of stuff. And it's going to start. Laser tag. Yeah. There's going to be crucible-themed laser tag. And it starts at 10 a.m. If you buy a VIP shirt, you can get in an hour early. Uh, and the VIP shirt is your admission. They're going to go back on sale. You should follow Gathalian on Twitter. He's the one that's going to be announcing that when they go back on sale. I'm sure others will, like me, obviously will tweet it and, and, and let you know. But the immediacy is going to be coming from him. Um, and there will be an after party. I'll be there. A bunch of other people will be there. If you want to volunteer, you can email DestinyCon2016 at Gmail. I'm managing that email account to make sure we get the volunteers the right information and what they're supposed to be doing. Cool. Um, awesome. Also, guys, uh, most of you guys are in here know who Lono is because we, we're in the same circuit. Um, so make sure you watch uh, myself and and Lono on Monday nights at 8.30 p.m. Eastern on the Rages Roundtable, and that's on uh, St. Oda Rages' uh, actual channel. Uh, that's another great, you know, with Guardian Outpost and Webski. Um, and this week's guest is, uh, who's this week's guest again? This week's guest is Majentage. That's right. And we've got some great people lined up. Like Majentage has partnered, and we've got some guys from Planet Destiny that are going to be on. She Knives, apparently, she's a huge YouTuber, and then I got introduced to her. She's going to be on. We got some great people lined up to be guests on the show. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a great show. So if you if you watch that and you've never watched this, welcome. These are the best numbers we've ever had on Generation X Gaming. Uh, it's because Sarge is here. Uh, that's it's it's why it's because Sarge is here. So, but uh, I, I appreciate all the new people that have never been here before checking us out. We had a little bit of a uh, rough start, but uh, I try to do uh, the best quality as possible, um, you know. So I really appreciate you guys coming out. So we're going to move from the interview section into what we've been playing. Um, all of us, except Sarge, have played The Division. So let's not talk about The Division. Let's talk about other games, if you if you played any other games. Uh, go ahead, Sarge, because uh, you've been so talkative this last No, no, minutes. no, we're good. Look, you guys can talk about Division. Listen, I did my homework, I played the beta, and I've watched about 30 videos. That's fine. Of, but of but what have you been playing, what have you been playing this past ready. week? I'm ready. Oh, uh, I've been playing another playthrough of Fallout 4. Uh, I'm going all Brotherhood. Uh, everybody else needs to die. All full-blown Brotherhood. 
Are you doing? Um, are you I, doing the survival mode, or are you just doing? Uh... I, it's on the hardest setting, and I'm I'm going through all decision making. Brotherhood is, Brotherhood's the is the answer to to save the world. And uh, it. It's actually kind of cool because they 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 start to side with you a little bit more when you're going through the towns. Right. As soon as anyone sees you, they if anyone shoots any Brotherhood, I think a uh, vertebra comes down. It's 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 I like I like the Brotherhood uh, version of it. Uh, Rocket League, I've been playing a little bit of it because uh, I wanted to see how it was, and I and I understand the, the addictive addictiveness. Oh, of it's it. so it's so addictive. If you get if you get a good team of guys that knows what they're doing, it's, it is it is a great game. Sorry, do me a favor. Uh, raise the um the gain on your on your microphone. You're just a little little soft. A little soft. Yeah. There you uh, go. That's what she said. That's what she said. Okay. Right. Um, um, I've been playing. I played. Um, I played Smite a little bit because they released a new god. I thought it was kind of cool. Um, Scotty, I think they nicknamed him uh, with the wolf. Uh, that that was badass. Um, yeah, quite a bit actually, considering I'm I'm working my ass off. But yeah, that that's about it. Those two those two games and and a, and a little bouncing around on the, so, on the division. So so you're excited because you're all in with Fallout, right? You're you've always been a Fallout guy. So the the the, the DLCs are coming out soon, and they're also going to start doing releasing the mods. Are you are you looking forward? Well, the patch the, the recent patches came out for the PC version, right? So right. they soon they to follow, soon to follow on the Xbox. Yeah, it'll it'll come out for the Xbox, but uh, the patch notes were great. Uh, they 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 fixed a lot of the little nitpick stuff. Uh, and considering Bethesda and their usually glitch problems, this game doesn't suffer so much from those problems. So these patches are for actually making the game better, as opposed to fixing the brokenness. Um, I'm 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 actually very excited to see it. I'm I'm not sure what the what if I if I get it correctly, what was the first. DLC is supposed to be coming. Let's it's not the robot. It's can, not the uh, robot one, right? It's the robot where you can build it all the robots. It is the robot one. Yeah, you can. Uh, where you hunt down, you're basically bounty hunting, and you're trying to find special robots in order to find and build yeah, your own the same robot. Map. It's not a new map or anything. It's just the same world, and you're you're different missions. But you're bounty hunting. I, I I smell Terminator. I smell Terminator right, right. is what I smell. Yeah, I I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to find these robot pieces, you're going to put it together, and then you're going to have this new uh, companion, like this Terminator robot, right. to follow you around. I, I'm that's my that's that, that's not a fact. That's my guess. Just well, the I think the, right. Well, the fact is the yard. It's, it is the robot one. I think the big one that everyone's looking forward to is the is the one where you go to. Um, oh God, what's the one? The island one. What what is it called? Uh, far far reach back uh, back. Oh God, <laughs> reach around. It's reach around. No, it's not a reach around. Uh, all right, chat chat <laughs> chat. will pick up the slack. I I forget what it is. It's 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 like northeast, like uh, like Maine. Like you're going to like far reach. I think it's called far reach. Or back reach chat, or something like chat, that. Chat, help us out here. What? Someone Listen, in chat, got, bring it up. We're, we're completely a lot lost of when it comes down yeah. to it. Anyway, I've watched. I've watched a lot of videos on the division. A lot. All right. Well, we'll get lot. to the division. So, Lono, besides the division, what other games have you been playing online or offline uh, this past week? I don't think I played it this last week, but I did play Far Cry Primal. Um, well, you can talk about that a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I played that uh, two different days. Come on. And man, it come okay. On, come on. It's good and it's fun, it. but there's a I don't think there's a lot of staying power with the game. Um and they're they're doing something really weird with the frame rate. So apparently Digital Foundry did an FPS test on it and it gets a solid 30 frames per second. Myself and many other people when playing it thought it was in the 20s. It did not look very good or smooth. It looked blurry, jittery. Uh, a guy that knows a little bit more than me said he thinks they're doing something with the anti-aliasing to smooth, basically, and make the frame rate stay at 30 because it shouldn't. Right. So they're, and that's why it looks blurry and kind of fuzzy and grainy. 
And it really hurts the game because what they've done is is they've added a lot of more melee and up close combat. You're you know you're using the Beastmaster system to tell your your wolf or bear or whatever to go do something, and then you're clubbing guys and doing bow and arrow. Well, a non smooth frame rate just really hurts that experience. There's no fluidity, and that's what hurt the experience for me in Ark Survival Evolved because the frame rates would get so bad in the fights. I I it, I didn't feel in any sense of immersion, and so this suffered from that as well, which is not what you want in a Far Cry game. Because right. I remember Far Cry right. three and four; they're it's beautiful, amazing. Just they look amazing. wonderful, and I'd have to go back and see. But I thought for sure Far Cry four and three ran way better, looked better. Far, yeah, Far Cry three ran really good, and it was stunning visually. Yeah, and so and then that there's water, other though. reasons. Like let's say the frame rate was fine. Okay. Well, the lack of English makes it really, really just you're you're you can't get into the characters. Yeah. So Vaz and Pagan Men were brilliant villains. Like the Joker in the Dark Knight, you want them in every scene. You're like, I want more of this villain. You can't look away. They're captivating. The villain in this looks amazing, visually well designed. He's he's hideous. He's he's got a real unique look. Like half his face is burned off. But he's speaking jump like, like jumbled gibberish. nothing. Yeah, right. So you're looking at his face and then having to read text and looking back, and it's just like it, there's no immersiveness at all. If it's like I'm having to read, and so that that makes it challenging to care. Like you just you don't care, and so it just becomes sort of a an action adventure game where you're wandering, and and because of that, you don't you're not invested in the story and have no clue what you're really doing. You're like, I'm just going out on missions and killing people right. and taming animals, which is fun. But if it's not tethered to anything, that's why it doesn't have the staying power. You're just like, do I really want to go back and do any of this? Because I just don't care. Three um, and four, three and four were amazing. I think they they might have been chasing the victory. I think as they came out a little too early, they were trying to do maybe a new engine or something with the platform. And I think that's where they kind of fell short. I kind of think this was a cash after, grab after myself. Three and four. Listen, after playing three and four, for those who were vested. I loved three. I never, I, could, I didn't have time to get four because I was working my ass off. But three was amazing, amazing. And I think that maybe they were trying some new stuff and they were trying to rush something out. I don't mean like rush, but maybe they were trying a different engine. And because of all the melee combat, it started to to like started to grind it out. It wasn't it wasn't doing what it was supposed to do, like you were from the range combat in three and four. Right. Well, there's just more foliage and trees too. I think that's more what it is. Like the the melee combat. I mean, because there's melee takedowns and stuff in three and four that run smooth as glass. And so I'm not sure what they did because it it I'm not I don't know. I feel like maybe they just added too much to try to fill it in and make it like this lush, vibrant world. Because right. I mean, the idea is great. I remember when I saw the previews, I was like, that was one of my favorite things from Far Cry Four, where the dream sequences where I could tell the tiger to go do stuff an attack for me and then I would flank. I was like, this is great. I want to take the tiger with me out into the jungle. And when this came out, I was like, that's great. That's one of the most fun things you can do in a game is have a pet that you can go tell what to do. But it just falls flat because of all the things I outlined. See, see, when I first saw them, you know, show that I was like, I was like, uh, I'll pass. Right. And then when I saw you play it, I was like, huh, I might, I might be interested in that. But then I was just like, you know what? Fallout, which is one of my favorite games, I stopped playing it, right? Because it's just that single player. I want to play with when I'm when I'm streaming at night and I want to play with my friends. You know, Fallout just doesn't do it for you, right? Because it's a single player game. And I was just like, I have no room for a single player game. 
that's why I love the division right now because you, you can be a single player game and then you can also go in with with a bunch of buddies. To me, uh, we'll get to it. It's a, it's the perfect balance and perfect game for me personally. Um, games I've been playing this past week um, on Sundays. If you guys basically this is a community time on Sundays. If you guys stop by my chat or stop by my channel at 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. on Sundays. I usually don't stream. I'm going to start streaming. It's called The Sunday Drive with 30 and Still Gaming. We're just going to play Euro Truck Simulator, okay? I'm traveling across Europe, and you guys can come in, and just anything you guys want to talk about, we just shoot the shit, okay? And that's that's what's on Sundays. And then I started doing nap time extravaganza when my kid goes down uh, at noon every day, okay? <laughs> I, I start streaming during the day because I'm trying to I'm trying to get that. My goal this year is to get partnered by the end of the year or somewhat close to it. Um, so that's my drive uh, this year. So I've been playing a lot of Rocket League. If you guys want to play with me on Rocket League, come on in. Uh, I freaking are you taking the killer bee pills? I love I love this game. Okay, like to me, it's like where has this game where I couldn't live without this game before. Like it's so much fun. Every night when I get off, I just play like two three games i'm like ah just one more ah just one more okay and i like it's like three hours later it's like 4 30 in the morning i gotta wake up in like an hour and a half and i'm like i might as well just stay up and keep playing so it's a great game so if you guys haven't picked it up it's sold one million copies uh on xbox um and it's it's a fantastic game uh it's very competitive it's very easy to learn it's a really easy learning curve um if you want to learn the trick shots and aerial hits all you have to do is play the game. Just play the game and start just playing more and more. And the more you play, the better you get. You look like you were is about it, to say something, Sarge. Go ahead. Is it hard to double clutch with a con with a controller? Do you, do you, do you have to do double clutch when the truck. Double clutch. Right? Oh, you're talking you about semis have a double clutch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. You're, you're talking about Euro. You're talking about double Euro. clutch. So I'm just curious. <laughs> no, how I'm do doing I'm doing automatics because I don't have the steering wheel or anything. I'm just using a uh, a, a controller. So uh, I can't imagine they actually sell like, a double, double clutch. clutch. I was like, yeah. <laughs> there's no double clutching in anything in in in, uh, in Rocket League. I bet you there would be in that game though. Yeah, it makes your car. It makes your little car go faster. Right. <laughs> So I've been I've been playing Rocket League. I've been playing. Uh, I started playing Star Wars Battlefront again. I know Lona loves that game. Uh, <laughs> so, which we are going to talk about it because they they've come out with another update. I haven't played it yet. I'm going to probably play it uh, tonight or tomorrow. No, maybe Saturday. Maybe Saturday. I'm still doing the division. Um, they came out with a, a good patch, uh, free weapons, a couple star cards, and stuff like that. Um, so I've been playing that. I still love it. I still love it. It's still just a fun, great you know, shoot them up game uh, and move on with your life. You don't have to like take 10 hours to try to get a group together. Uh, you know, you just dive in, get your, get your, get your points, get out. Even though it does take coordination, you know, you're like, all right, everyone synchronize your watches. Uh, everyone wait for that Y <laughs> button, wait for that Y button to come up in the top of your screen. Okay. Three, two, one. I hit it. Did you get it? Did you guys get it? Did you get it? That that's the only thing I hate about star Wars battlefront, like trying to get into the same team. Same game as yeah. people. He's talking about me. He's talking the about lag. me. I'm drunk when we're playing, and I yeah. don't ever, I don't see the Y button appear in the corner, and it's me. And so I have trouble hitting the Y button on time. Right. He's talking about me. He's so not talking about anybody else. Great games when they they lack basic. They like basic. <laughs> they, they, they go back and they they take something out. We'll talk about. Stop it. We'll talk about the division and their little 
thing they should have put in there. Well, no, I mean, Battlefield Battlefield did the same thing. Remember Battlefield 4? You yep. couldn't party up in yep. a game that is a squad-based tactical, well, not tactical, squad-based shooter with objectives, and you can't party up. They added parties later as a beta feature. I'm right. like, right. what? What? How is this not part? I don't understand how they go backwards, right? They look at a game, and they're like, this is the perfect game. All right, when we come out with the next one, let's take some stuff away from it. Yeah, really let's just take, out, let's just take out menus. You have to just you have to just guess right. what what to do <laughs> right. with buttons. So, so right, Fury, Fury's making fun of it. No, no, I missed it. Hurry, hurry, hurry! Get back out. <laughs> I'm back at the home screen. I'm back at the home screen. Is everyone back at the home screen? I, I that's the worst freaking part about the game. Once you get in though, it is it is a blast. Um, and uh, what else have I been playing? Uh, Euro Truck Simulator, Rocket League, and Star Wars, and then the Division. Uh, I played a little bit of Destiny. Every time I feel like I'm, I'm ready to jump back into Destiny, I'm like, let's do it, right? Because um, everyone's talking about the Fatebringer Year 2. What's the name the of Imago it? Loop. Yeah. So I was like, oh, maybe I have something to do now. But then I get in and I'm like, nah, nah I just don't feel like it. Because they're, gonna, they're about to raise the, the light level to, you know, uh, to, what is it, uh, 40? No, three thirty. Well, the, the armory gear at three thirty is is probably something else. I think the significant light level increase is going to be three fifty or higher. I, I don't. I think the three thirty is tied to something else. Yeah. So I'm I'm not. I'm going to hold. I'm going to hold back a bit until they decide what they're going to do with that, and then I'll, I'll I'll jump back in. Hopefully they they fix. We'll talk about Destiny in a bit, but hopefully they fix the, a little bit. <laughs> you could well, you could farm. You could farm for a treads, a treads upon stars, because that's that's like my new favorite gun in the what, game. Where okay, so where's that, and what? How do I do it? That'll drop from Shield Brothers, and it's a Vision of Confluence. It looks like it. It's black and red, so I really like that. Okay. And you can get it to roll with Firefly. I got it to roll with Firefly and explosive rounds. Oh, and, perfect. And, and and crowd control, so every oh. kill gets. Bonus damage. Beautiful. It's basically like I took a, a Fatebringer and infused it into a Division of Confluence. It's a thing of beauty. Oh, I love it. It's a good gun. Now that you just so told just me, go, now just that go you grind told out. me that, I'm gonna start farming. See, that's that's my right thing. Now, I love the fact that if someone tells me that there's this gun at this place, I'll just go farm it over and over and over and over and over. Um, and, Sh- and Shield Brothers is a kind of is kind of a fun strike. Yeah. I mean, of the new strikes, it's yeah. one of the more active ones. You're not just hiding behind a box and shooting at Volus to Arc, you know. So actually, here while we're talking about Destiny, let's just go right in to Destiny real fast. Um, we talked about it on the Rangers Roundtable a bit about how they 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 did their stream. They made a studio inside the Bungie Studios, so they stream every week now. Um, and they 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 just did a you know, a sightseeing tour of, of the Dreadnought, right? And everyone gave them so much hatred uh, and so much trolls were in there. And I don't know where this is coming from because the people that, like, love Destiny, there's a huge community that loves Destiny. But I think it's the, I think they're like a Jekyll and Hyde, right? I think they're the same people that love it also hate it. And when, like, one person comes in and, and trolls it, everyone else is just like, oh, that's funny. And then and they, they jump on, on the bandwagon, right, real fast because they can Right, it's all it's all faceless. No one knows who you are. You know, you just jump in there. It's waterfall of text when there's like twelve thousand people watching them stream something. So, what do you think? We'll start with Sarge. What do you think uh, that Bungie? I'm trying to see the words I'm trying to use here. What do you think Bungie has to do to not have this happen on their next one or their next one? I mean, do they have to have content, or can they just do what they're doing and, and do sightseeing tours of their of their boards? Destiny does a good job of introducing the content. I think what they try to do is they overthink it 
that kind of game, the way it's structured, is very easy to add on to. It's very easy to create content to make someone go back into another area to either fight a new boss or look for something hidden. It's done good. I think they just need to stop overthinking it and they need to come back to where they were when they first started the idea of like uh, like the, the, the first one. Uh, or the vanilla, the, where they where they would actually no, add no, no, stuff no, and the, take the stuff first away. DLC, the first DLC where they changed they changed the dynamic events, right? Right, that kind of thing. When they showed they could do that, that's something that they should have sprinkled in and changed around with. Like, you go to this planet, this will happen now because of this content. Or if you go to this planet, this will happen now. It's very easy. They have enough areas, enough planets, enough variation where they can just introduce things and make it fun like this gun you want to find or whatever or whatever they want to introduce it's an easy to do it but i think they overthink it they uh, it can be done very well if they're just trying to they, 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 they trying said to... in the very beginning that they could add stuff and take away stuff on the fly yet they haven't done it since the dark below and uh it's like why why haven't you put just random my, stuff my, in. My guess is, my guess is, is they started listening to everybody too much. As opposed to getting fan feedback, they started trying to please everybody. And so you have these long crashes of people saying, up yours, and we love this, and screw that. And they're saying, well, we have to, we have to help these people here. They don't like this. And they, just, where is your, where is your list of stuff that you wanted to do? Follow your list. What is your idea about this game? Let's see what you have. I understand a little player feedback is good, but they, they seem like they just like, all right, we can't please them. That's it. It's over. We're just going to just wait till the second one. We'll, we'll come up with a better story. Right. Like, you just kind of, they stopped cold turkey. The way the game's structured, very very easy to introduce new content. Okay, uh, go ahead, uh, Lono, and then I'm going to have a second part of this question. Go ahead. I mean, I have it on good authority. They are, um, they wish that they hadn't gone silent, um, but that's why they're committed to doing what they're doing now. And so I think this is one of those things where I really called for in my video and in my and whenever I talk about it that this is a, this is a beginning stage of something new that is important, I think, not just for Destiny but for gaming in general. I think we might see something similar with the division because they've got Hamish Bodie and I'm sure they're probably going to start injecting other community managers as well. I believe this is the future of gaming. Games can no longer drop waterfall. They can't drop complete, perfect, and amazing. And they also can't drop with enough content for you to play the way that people play. And so I think the only way you're going to have games that have longevity are games that have agility. They have to be able to adapt and change. And the best way to do that is to have open channels with the community. And I think that this is the groundwork for that. And people just aren't patient. And I think some people feel justified in their impatience, which... Why? Because we're in a life cycle and games have that and there's times where there's no content and I also think that Bungie's not stupid and they know that making a big announcement about content that's coming right before The Division comes out would have been incredibly dumb Right. and you would have taken all of your nice gold dust and been like, here it is and like thrown it, thrown it okay. into a windstorm and it would have been like, that's gone and so... And I also think it's a feather in their cap to have people ravenously screaming at them, tell us stuff, tell us stuff. If the chat would have been dead and nobody would have been there, that's worrisome. When everybody's showing up like the addict on the corner asking for a hit of drugs, it's like, well, we've got something here. These right. people are hooked. And so it's sad because it is it is so uh, vitriolic. But at the same time, I don't think they care. I think they know. It's like – Right. You guys are going to wait around until we say, and we're smart, and we're going to wait. They're going to wait till the division dies down. 
Okay, so the second part of my question was, and you actually kind of brought it up in the thing, uh, because of the way Destiny is, it's unlike any other other game out there. The way the community got behind it, and really the Twitch community is what really like drove the power, right? I mean, very few people played it, and then all of a sudden it grew and grew and grew and grew and grew. Um, so do you think going forward, right, a game developer like Bungie, when they make their next rendition of Destiny or any other type of game that they're coming out with, do you think in the back of their minds are like, hey, you know what? Let's just have a kind of concept of the game and release this little chunk and let the community decide what we go forward. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, they've changed so much stuff in Destiny for the community. Small pieces are like bringing the, the chat, you know, nerf certain guns, uh, bring us, you know, Sparrow League racing type stuff. And, and they've implemented these things. So do you think going forward, do you think this is a good thing or do you think it is a bad thing? that they've listened to the community so much. What do you think, Sarge? Woo. Okay, so what I, what I think what I think needs to happen is, Lono said a good part of it already, is the fact that uh, they've already, they, they spent their wad, they made what they were going to make, they did what they were going to say, and now we've played it. We've played through the whole thing, good, bad, or indifferent, and now they stay quiet, they wait, they got a new writer, they're going to come up with a new story. It probably is going to be a continuation, of course. We're going to see whether or not we can bring our characters over or not. That would be a still smart be, thing if they did. It's they... still going to be one of these things where it's going to be a, a, a wait-and-find-out type of thing, right? Because there's, so, there, there's no such thing as bad publicity. No matter how many people hated the game, on top of the people who love the game, it's all publicity. So the game is waiting in its little cocoon for the next deciding factor of what they're going to come out with, and then they're going to release it. Now... My guess will be E3. They're going to say something about it. But absolutely, where this time of year, there is not a lot of games coming out. The Division waited. Now, I, I believe that they, they delayed on purpose to come out during this time, not because they weren't done, right. but because they wanted to come out during a period where they could build their own community up because there's a lot of Tom Clancy fans out there and a lot of people that like this kind of tactical shooter. So give them a chance to build up their community, introduce what they're take on this type of game is i think we're now calling it the looter shooter multiplayer looter shooter yeah, yeah, okay like even that. though even though borderlands 2 already coined the phrase but this is kind of like the game that there is so once again it's a it's a learning experience now we're going to see how this version of the game goes and we're going to see from this point so, on and i guarantee you pieces of this game you will see in Destiny, you'll so see like you're, you're thinking, good in this game. Okay, so that you're 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 saying that they they do they will go forward by listening to what the community does in other games before they make the final decisions on the on their 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 games. They they have the, the the ability to have this much information with your with your customer base is too valuable just to piss away. You right. can you have your, you have a good story idea of what it is, and then when you introduce it, you can now make these changes along the way for DLCs to to okay. to push to push the uh, the consumer base. To more and more make them make them want the game more. All right, Lona. Yeah, I mean, I think there's two categories here. I think there's what the community says, and there's what the community does. And I think that they study the they study the player behavior. We know this. They they have st all the stats down to after Iron Banner saying, "Here's all the weapons that were used. Here are the weapons that were being the most efficiently," right. and showing people that the weapon meta that you think exists doesn't. Um, cause wet arms, uh, gunsmith guns are, are being, are wrecking. Okay. In iron banner. And so I think what they'll do is they'll take what the community does and they'll build the game foundationally around that. They okay. know how much people will play, how much they'll put up with. 
And then I think what they do is similar to what Sarge was saying is what the community says is then used for tweaks. Oh, wow. that we, This build with this gun, et cetera, is OP in PvP or it does break the game or whatever. And they make those tweaks. So I think at a foundational level, they're always going to have the open channels of communication. But we communicate so much more with our behavior in a game with this. And that's why we have the game that we have. We prove with the way that we play and the hours that we put in what we will put up with as gamers. And I think where Ubisoft made a smart move is they kept their cards very close to their chest. Because yeah. I remember at E I remember at E3 2015 when the guys from UB were asking me questions, I was like, I just don't know what any, anything about your game. Right. All I know is that it looks cool right. and I think they were smart. So then when they actually launched it, there were no cryptic promises being broken. There were no like, you know, daydreaming developers about like we really want a game to be like this and then it's not realized and you have an angry fan base. And so UB also learned to trickle the content. If you look at the year one plan, they're like, you cannot give people a full... Yeah, people are blowing through it already. They're just... People are already blowing through it. And I, this is exactly what I said would happen. But, and the problem is, those people, I think, are not a representation of the whole. No. And I think they're going to complain, and they're going to sit on their hands and wait and wait and wait and wait for DLC, and they're going to rip through the DLC. And they don't matter. Honestly, and I think developers know that because they check the behavior and they check the numbers, which is, I believe, why Destiny will not have significant changes to it in its next, in next iteration because the casual player base is so large and so daily engaged that that's all that matters for success and for profitability. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I think personally going forward, I think they, like you just, both of you said, I think they're going to take that Destiny 2, whatever you want to call it. Um, and they're they're going to make the foundation based on what they what we said about this year, you know, about year one, and then they'll grow it. What they wanted to put implemented it on top of that, right? And then hopefully because of what the community wants, there'll be less tweaks, right, in the very beginning, and then they can start working on the DLCs for for Destiny uh, 2.0 or whatever you want to call it. Um, and as far as going forward, uh, I've said on your show, I've said on this show. I think the character base that they're coming out with is they're going to let you progress forward like they do in Mass Effect, you know, where you can continue on your story uh, with the characters you have. And then hopefully the DLC that comes out before Destiny 2 leads you into and leaves you hanging on the, like a cliffhanger about that fourth character or, or unlocking a new race or something like that uh, going forward. All right. So that ends the Destiny talk. All right. So we're going to go right into the Division. The Division... Um, both me and Lono have been playing it a lot. I've been playing, I think, more than Lono has. But we're about the, actually we're about the same level. You're at twelve now. Yeah, yeah. So I'm at twelve as well. Um, and Sarge, you haven't played it, but you played the beta. You you played the betas. You've watched a lot of videos. So I've done my homework. You're yeah. you're you're the outside guy, but which is nice because you can ask us questions and we can we can kind of like tell you what's what's going on. Oh, so, I got some questions. So question about the, uh, the vision is is it a game right now that you would tell someone to go out and buy okay uh, would you tell them go out it's worth the 60 dollars. not buying the dlc or anything just buy the base game is it worth it right now uh do you think sarge um from for, from all the things that i know i know and that's no. why you don't have it yet no i would i, I would wait i would wait because, why, why is the reasons that you would wait uh, well, number one, I'm not a, a fanboy of Tom Clancy. I've played their games. I do enjoy their tactical combat of their games. But as far as a multiplayer looter shooter, um, 
since I've played Destiny for so long and I have this vision of how the games can be, uh, it, this game to me seems more limited. Like it's new because we haven't been we haven't been grounded in reality, so it's new. Mm. So, but to me, I don't have enough variation in the game for me to play it for a long ex or, or extended period of time. Like I know it's New York, and I know they can do a subway or they can do a park, but we're still grounded in reality. So to me, I would get bored of it quickly because it's because reality. It's not showing me anything else, but I'm in the same area all the time. Now I love to shoot things. I love to shoot things. Okay, I'm a shooter, but between that and the 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 concept of the game of being a bullet sponge type of game, so it, it's a single player game, but I can play with my friends in my single player game anytime. And then we have the ability to play a multiplayer game like a PvP squad base, this, yeah, the squad more base. high high intensity, uh, more active portion of the game. Um, it the game doesn't seem alive enough even though i know it's supposed to be desolate but to me it doesn't have the same pull as destiny did so i wouldn't tell someone right out buy it immediately i would wait for the official reviews i would wait for the official what's going on after like a month and see how things go and we'll see if there's a price drop and then yeah i, I love to play multiplayer games with you guys but i'm not i'm the first one not to jump on bandwagons just because right okay so what about if it was tom clancy's son tommy Clancy, and he was building a fantasy-based game, and it wasn't in reality, right? You would you would be okay with exactly the way it is if it wasn't in fan if it was in you the fantasy to, world. Knowing, I'm basing it only on the information that I know. Tommy, Clancy, knowing what they can it. do, knowing what they can do, <laughs> this game is more limited environmentally, and it doesn't have the same draw. It doesn't have the same. It have the same draw if, because it's in reality, listen, though, not if, because. If, well, because you have to pick a side. We're in reality. You put us in a city. We have real guns, but then we don't have any kind of the, the where's the womb factor, like the the soul badassery. Like there's a few powers you guys have. I like it. You know the minigun and the, and the power up and the right the the, the the proximity mind. Those kind of things. I get it. But like there's no like wow factor besides the guy getting hit in the backpack and blowing up. I love that every time. Like every time that doesn't get old. I love that. that but that, like that's one of the best best from what I, best from things what in, I know, in any it game ever. Have enough, it doesn't have enough for me to be drawn to it like I did with Destiny. Cuz Destiny is epic. It's an epic epic thing. In this one I feel like a lone guy in the city and I'm not really part of anything really special. You know, I just it's just me doing this thing. Like now okay. I get the multiplayer, I like it because I'm totally about tactics. I love the fact that if you're with a, your four your four buddies and you, you reach the, the uh, AI NPCs in the middle of the town and they're like at a construction yard and you see where they're coming from, that you can actually communicate and say, Okay, I'm gonna hold them here. You try to flank, check out for the snipers. Like I'm hoping the AI gets a little bit more difficult. Like they say to play on hard setting, and from what I've seen, the hard setting is the way to go because I want a challenge. I don't want to just walk in and just because I'm behind cover and just oozy everybody out. Right. I I like I like it to be challenging where you might throw a controller. I don't <laughs> think any game at this level, I don't think any game at this point should be handing you anything. There should right. be no handing over anything. I should be working towards a goal, not just, oh, I went to level, I went to this section of the town, you can pick up a bazooka, you just walk through these guys and just you can get a bazooka at the end of the mission. Like, no. No. Okay. I want I want a challenge. All right, Lono. I mean, I do. I want to comment on what he's talking about because I, I had an experience right at the end of my stream, and I think you were in there for at thirty with the combat, and so I'll touch on that in a second. I, with the question of would you recommend a game, 
games are so different now. They're not punctiliar. It's like you used to buy a game seven, six years ago, and you could be like, yeah, it was fun. You should buy it. They're not like that anymore. There's something far more – transient's not the right word. I can't think of the word. They're, they're, more, they're more epic in scope. I know this one's not necessarily epic in like the, the setting and the feeling, but when you recommend a game like this to someone, you're not just thinking about, oh, this is a game you're going to play for a couple weeks and it's well worth your $60. We don't make that endorsement anymore. And so when someone asks me if it's worth 60 any game lately, I'm so quick to say, well, it depends on the type of gamer that you are because we're developing identities as gamers more so than maybe you know seven or eight years ago. It was, do you like shooters? Or do you like RPGs was generally the question. And now the question is, well, do you like a game that's like Diablo, but you're on the ground and you have guns and it's kind of grindy and it's fun with friends? Like you have to really qualify. And so I always tell people, I'm like, if you like what you see when you're watching streams or YouTube and you have friends that you'll be able to play with regularly, I think this game has a ton to offer you and you'll have lots of fun. But if you're looking for a game to solo or you're looking for a game that you're just going to run through the room like Rambo, then this is not the game for you because there's a lot here. And I think that uh, to touch on what Sarge was saying, right at the end of my stream today, we were in the thick of it. And I loved it because we could not – I kept saying, and literally as I was saying it, more enemies came out. I was like, dude, this game does not let you – sleep like the, you the, cannot fall asleep the best thing is uh, i think you were gaming with harry and harry's like oh my god he's like does it ever end like yeah. <laughs> so and we we put it on hard and we learned real quick that yeah. it was hard like we got pushed back and we all died and we had to like regroup and once we regrouped the group hit this synergy that in the moment you're just it was a thing of beauty because you're communicating you're flanking and you're not just doing Flank and shoot because that's what right. I said right. after the first beta. I said if this is just nothing more than flank and shoot spongy enemies, it's going to get old real quick. Right. This was you use a flash grenade. Now, oh, those five guys are flashed. I'm going to hit them with fire. Now they're on fire. Now I'm going to use my pulse. Everybody gets a crit bonus. They're standing still. Focus fire on the guy in the front. Focus fire on the guy in the left. Like getting hyper-organized. Which is thrilling because it empowers you as a player. You're taking that sponge factor and you're whittling it down to, no, we are in control of this mission. We're not going to just sit here and picket people with guns and be like, this is stupid. They're spongy. you got to be a thinker and a strategizer. And then once you start unlocking the skills, there is so much depth here to plan. I think the end game game is going to really frustrate people because you're going to have to take on an identity when you go into end game content as a healer as the tech guy as the protective guy you're going to have to really be thoughtful about that because you can i like how you can swap your perks uh your perks and abilities and gear that you unlock because one you know one perk will help your turret and then another perk will help your you know your healing ability right, right. and you're really going to have to be smart about complementing each other cuz it makes a huge difference when you got the guy that can throw down the pack that heals people and then the guy that can help the team with dps so much thought and 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 strategy here i if 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 what i'm saying excites you then $60 is a steal i think cuz i think there's a lot here yeah so i personally think the $60 is a steal for this game. I I mean, if you like a tactical type game, if you like an RPG type game, if you like a semi MMO feeling type game, uh, this is for you. Like for me, 
this is like right in my wheelhouse, which I'm very shocked that I'm saying this because when when I was playing the alpha, you guys would ask me off stream and stuff, you know, did you like it? And I was like, eh, you know, it. I don't know, man. It just seems like not enough stuff is going on. But you know what? That's because it was the beta and it was just a, such a small section of the map that you could actually do. And everything was unlocked, like like locked and you couldn't really do anything. Now that they've opened it up and, and now that you have all these perks and all these things, man, I've been playing it mostly by myself when I do the missions. Uh, I like to do it my first time. When I first do a mission, the very first time, I like to do it by myself. I, I usually do it where I'm at least three levels below uh, what it is, okay? And I'm absolutely loving it, okay? Like, I'll You're go crazy. in. I'll go in, and I'm not doing it on hard. I'm just doing it on normal, but I do it about three okay. levels lower, yeah. Okay. So I'll, I'll go in, and I just like to look around and say, okay, there's two guys there. Now, if I throw this, if I throw this, uh, you know, um, smoke grenade, uh, or if I, I hit him with this, What's going to happen? You know what I mean? Like, is there anybody else that I can see that's going to flank me from this end? So I, I get in position. I line it up. I throw a grenade real quick. I pop off a shot with, with one guy's head. Then I take the machine gun, switch the machine gun, start mowing down people. And then the next wave comes in, right? I love that feeling. I love that aspect of the game uh, by myself, right? Because one of my favorite games of all time is um, Splinter, Splinter Cell, okay? I used to love that game so much where you could, like, sneak around and then you could just, you know, melee someone up close like break their neck or you can shoot them or knife them uh I, I love that stuff so that's what this the only thing that this game is missing really is a knife to the throat like i would love to like sneak up behind somebody and mm. just like you know take them out like that by sneaking around yeah there are times where i'm like why can't i crouch because i i want to i want to sneak up and right. you have to kind of use cover and tez made a good point about he was playing with me earlier you know the enemy pushed us back numerous times and i commented while they were pushing us back i said i like this do not let me right. settle in and right. just play how i want to play force me to adapt because man, it's thrilling. It's, you're like you're like fall back, fall yeah. back. Like you're grabbing flanks and stuff instead of just like digging in and like trading fire. Right. Because that's what it's everybody like, thinks. It's like one of those movies where you're, like, cover you're behind shooter. the cover and then you get up and then like you get down and then they get up. Yeah, like, like in the Naked Gun movie right, where right. like they're like five feet away. <laughs> there are times where it gets that way, but I feel like the further we get into the game, the fewer that the fewer and far between those instances are going to happen because it's just going to get harder and See, harder. If you're doing it, if you're doing it, I suggest if you if you like a challenge, guys. Take it by yourself or with one other person. Just two of you go in. Play it where you both are at least two levels below. That's a challenge. If you guys are the level that you're supposed to be and there's like four of you and normal, you're going to blow through that level real fast. So I suggest if you're, if you're doing it, be just a little bit under, maybe like one level under with a group of people and then do the exact same mission because it'll it'll give you that extra like oomph where you're like holy christ man i thought this was just gonna be a breeze like i could just like run and gun rambo style there's no run and gunning rambo style in this game like when i'm by myself the npc will literally run up to me they'll flank me two of them will split up one will take the left of me one will take the right they run up with their shotgun and i'm like oh where did you come from you know what i mean like and they're like in my face and I have to react fast, right? I die a couple times, but I learn my lessons, and then I, I, I adjust and then work it out, which that's what I like. Uh, when you play with a, a group of people and you're playing on normal, and let's say it's a level 12 and you're all 12 and you're running through, you run it through it pretty pretty simple because you have a guy healing you. You got a guy throwing turrets down. You got a guy doing a whole bunch of different you know, uh, perks and stuff where if you're by yourself, you got to take a wave out. And go, okay, well, now i got to switch to machine gun. Or now I have to do heal. Or now I have to do this. So, for me, 
it's a definite game to buy now if you like this type of game. If you're if you're looking for the the Destiny, I can kind of like lay back, talk to my friend on the couch, you know, hey mom, hand me a soda, you know, fly, you know what I mean? This is not for you. You have to have 100% concentration on when you're when you're killing people. Uh, but it's a total worth it uh, for me. So uh, going forward here, I got a I got a, a story. This is a new story they brought up. Um, yeah, what they it says here is a lot of gameplay that the division doesn't even tell you about, like all the stats on the guns and all the different perks and all the different things that you have to try to figure out for yourself. I I love this type of stuff. Are you are you? I know, Sarge, you're not playing it, but as a gamer. When you go into a game, do you want them to spoon feed you everything? Like they have to tell you everything that's in the game for you to to figure it out, or are you one of those people that likes to go, "Oh wow, I didn't know that. That's awesome," you know, and and learn as you go through the game. That I believe is the proper way to to elongate a game time. That that's the way it should be. You right. should be introduced to certain things, and then the rest of it as you play, you figure it out. That's how the MMOs were when they first started. That's how some of the uh, MOBAs are now. You, you start playing a game, you learn the basics, and as you play, you start figuring out combinations and the way the, way the game should be played. That's the, way, that's the proper way to do it, absolutely. Okay, Lona? I think the way they set it up is, is something that I've talked about before in other games that are not even close to being like this. I talked about it with like Ori and the Blind Forest, how there's complexity beneath the simplicity. And I think that they've done that brilliantly in this game because if you're not that guy that wants to come over stats, it is incredibly simplistic. You've got your DPS, your health, and your tech numbers right up at the top. Right. And every, everything you scroll over shows you exactly what you're gaining and sacrificing by the gear that you swap. If you want to press past that, there's obviously the mods. Once you're doing mods on the weapons, you've got all the little individual stats as far as right. accuracy. Once you compare guns, you can really drill down. So the complexity is there beneath the simplicity, which the reason that's brilliant is it allows the entire like spectrum of player to engage at their liking and feel empowered and not either hindered because they don't feel like studying and so they right. don't they don't feel like they have the time. But you also don't want to take the guys that love the love to comb over the stats to feel like this is just child's play and stupid. You know, like the guys who love magic think Hearthstone's too simplistic. You don't want that that dichotomous feeling of like, well, you're either going to play it super simplistic, you know, and be bored, or it's going to be too complex and then people walk away. I think that's the best way to do it, and they've I think they've done it masterfully. And we, we, I've not even gotten really into the crafting, but as soon as I looked into the crafting and then making mods right. and putting mods on my armor, I'm like, Dude, there is just a lot of depth here. That you don't have to engage with if you don't want to. Right. They make that they make that damage number super nice and big. So if you're just a, a person that wants to come in and go, well, this number's bigger than this one. I'm going to use this gun. By all means, go ahead and do that. Doesn't mean it's the best gun to use because it might give a a four percent you know hit bonus where the other one does less damage, uh, you know DPS, but it does more damage because it does 160 you know, head damage or something like that. So it, it, it balances well between both things. And then there's consumables, right? The people don't even know. I, I've never even used one yet. I'm level 12. I've never I've oh, never used man. a canned food, energy bar, water, or soda. I so give them away. What are you talking about? I, okay, so in this... No, no, I know what you're talking about. I know the power-ups. How could you not use I've, I've never 12. used one yet. How do you not use it at this point? I give point? them away. I give them away to get, like, a sports you, Have you used incendiary or explosive rounds? Nope, I have not. 
Oh, come on! I have not. You can only you can only carry so many. You might as well be using them right. because you pick them up. I, I have I haven't even I haven't even done it. So oh, you're not. So so I, I'm basically just shooting. And I, and I don't even play the game. Right? I'm He's shooting. Nuts. No, I know they're there. I know <laughs> the incendiary stuff is there. I'm just not. I'm not using any of the consumables. So like the canned food gives you a healing effects increased by forty percent. The energy bar instantly removes all negative status effects. Water increased the damage of output elite enemies by twenty percent, and the soda reduces skill cooldown by 30%. Okay, I haven't even touched these. You know why? Because I really I'm like by myself anyway, and I, I think you would use these things when you're in a group of people uh, more than you do by yourself, I guess. I don't know. I know they're there, I just forget to use them, right? So I, every time I see a homeless person walking on the street, they're like oh, can you give me something? I'm like, yeah, here you go. Here's a med pack. Here's a here's an energy bar. And they're like, here's a brand new pair of Nikes. And I'm like, sweet. <laughs> right? And the, <laughs> so Meanwhile, I, you've, you've, you've had to you do the last boss battle four times because all you had to do was activate incinerating rounds right and right. the battle quicker but it's instead okay. you're just, you're i know they're there i'm just saying your candy bar right I, I know they're there i just haven't used them yet so but i think that i think that falls into the category of what i was talking about is there's complexity <laughs> even in the combat where right. you can get really smart where you suppress them then hit them with a grenade and then they're totally like out of it you hit your incendiary ammo or your explosive ammo and you are free to just light them up. Right, right. Um, but you haven't done that and you're having a good time. I think that, again, that's the brilliance of how they right. set this up. So basically the first time I play a game, I like to like methodically go through, search all the corners, try to find all the stuff, take the missions, try to, you know. And then the second time I go through, I'm like, okay, I know where they come from. Let's run through this. Let's farm this guy. You know what I mean? That's 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 the way I play. So my second character will be different than my first character. Um <clears throat> So I'm, I'm like I said, I'm, I'm having a, a blast with that. So another thing to talk about for the division. Let me see here. Another topic. Where is it? Where is it? We talked about that one. Okay. So I got a question. I got a question for yeah, you, go ahead, real go quick, ahead. for you, since you guys have played. Uh, from all the videos that I've seen, uh, even if you're playing like with you by yourself or you just and like one other guy, I don't see other agents, and I don't mean other people. I'm talking about like in your game when you're doing missions, I rarely see anyone like another agent that you actually help or go through the game with or helps you, you or you like run into a, them like, like in the street. A, like it's just either you, guy? yeah, just like anybody walking around besides you. There's, it makes it feel like you're by yourself. There's the JTF like soldiers. Every once in a while, they're out there. Like there's missions, but they are useless. I mean, they literally hide behind cover and take your cover away from you because they're hiding behind one. Um, but there's what I've noticed seen going through NPCs twelve that are agents that follow you around. No, there's no there's no agents that I know of. Uh, there's agents in the in the actual base of operations that you talk to, and then they send you out on missions. But there's no guy like going like, like the detective from um, Detective Valentine going, "Hey, I'll go with you. Let's go. Let's go do this mission." There's nothing like that. that or it just happens so like far. running into a guy in the city, like he's under fire, like just like like a like a random encounter. There, I've never all the videos I've seen. There's no there one. is the JTF. They'll be they'll the be JTF. Out, they'll they'll be outside a store and they're like, hey, we need help. We're being under attack. And then you go over there. Uh, a little a little exclamation mark will be above the guy's head. You go talk to him, and then like a little uh, encounter happens or a little side mission happens at that moment. All right. Um. As far well, as and you the, don't you don't really see live players either. Like right. they'll show up your friends and stuff. You'll see a dot on the map, but, they, but they until right they're in until they're in your group, they're not in your instance. And that I don't know. I I, I think I, I get where you're going. Where it does feel like you're alone, 
but I think they kind of want to have that a little bit. So you right. feel like it is you are having an impact as your player on the right. world. And there's not just dudes everywhere. I right. do like the little safe houses in the city. Like if you happen to come up on one, it's like a little mini instance. So if there happens to be somebody else that's in that house, matchmaking. you'll see the gear he has or what kind of stuff he has on him. It's like two thieves passing in the night type of thing. Like you run into him for that moment. And then once you leave that little mini instance, you're back in your own game again. I like the transition that they decided to do with that. I like that that aspect. So there's one thing. I remember um, one of the guys that watches me all the time, DDB, um, he said that when he was in, he wished that the matchmaking – the matchmaking is good, okay? It helps you find people. But he says that they need to tweak it a little bit because he was level 9, and everyone he was getting matched up with was, like, level 12, right? So mm-hmm. then when he was doing the mission – uh, he was way under, right? So that's they were because they were, badass. W- they know that. Right. Well, and they were at they were at the level, right? And then he's like three levels or two levels behind. And, I've had other people tell me that too, right? So they they had to tweak the the matchmaking just a little bit. Um, I didn't know. Uh, I was watching Lona when he was playing. We were trying to figure out like what does it do? You know, does it go three or four higher than you? No, it goes as high as the number guy in your group, right? The highest guy in well, your group. Well, I'll tell you why matchmaking is problematic because. If it's doing that, so like DDB's like, hey, you know, give me some people, and they give him people that are higher level, or you're like me, and you have friends that are a couple levels higher than you. The right. problem with that is, is it takes hard off of the table, which frustrates me a lot. And I've got a video coming about how I think that the level scaling mechanic is stupid. I've never seen this in another RPG. So my game, I go to my mission, and I'm like, I want to play this on hard, and I'm a level six. It's a level six mission, right? We had level. Uh, level nine guys with me. No, I was level seven. I'm sorry. I'm level seven. They're level nine. I'm like, with two levels, we'll see how it goes. And it scales all of the enemies to nine, even though it's my game and I'm level seven, and the mission's a level seven. As soon as you click hard, it all goes to nine. One of the guys in the group rolled over to ten. All the enemies went to ten. And so what it ends up doing is it ends up taking a choice off of the table because you're either going to just not play it at hard or slog through hard and feel like you're wasting your time. The missions took too long. I was out of the equation. I couldn't do any damage. I was just a distraction. And if you don't play it on hard, you're missing out on the guaranteed gear because you get guaranteed right. uh, equipment. You get a little bit more money. Same experience. And so I don't understand that decision at all for an RPG that promises this this seamless co-op experience, which it is. It's smooth. It's beautiful. They come right into your group. An agent has been added to your group. Right. You're like, oh, dope. And then you go to work. Another game but was supposed sca- to do that. I wonder what that game was supposed to be called. All right. Anyway. <laughs> But the scaling mechanic is so stupid, and the missions have a challenge mode that's not even accessible till your max level. So it's like, because someone's like, "No, you're supposed to come back when you're when you're max to play through." I'm like, "That's what challenge mode is for. Hard mode is for the guy that like you're doing. Right? You're go. You're you're creating your own hard mode. You're just being like, well, I'm picking a mission two levels higher and playing it on normal. If I want to play the mission on hard and get better gear." Just give me enemies at my level with more shields and stronger DPS. Don't make them two to three levels higher than me. Because how are you supposed to stay at the same level of all your friends? That's impossible. I think, I think though, with the way they're looking at it, though, is if you're behind, right, and they're ahead of you, and you enter that mission, because you still get experience even though you're not killing. You don't have to land one shot on a guy. When someone dies, if you're in a group together, you still get the XP, right? right. So I think, what, I think it's a, a natural progression of leveling you up faster right so you're going to actually does get, the xp scale right that's the, my question it, it does, does the xp, the XP scale? does scale so it's going to if you're level nine and they're level 12 
by the end of that mission, you might be close to 11, right? Where they're just busting over 13. You know what I mean? Like you're you're getting more XP to catch I, up to them. I, I get what you're saying, but I have to side with Lono on this one where you're, it's basically, it makes you not part of the team. It's oh, like I you're just it. being piggybacked through the mission. Right. right. No, I get you're it. Not, you're not, you're not, you're not serving a function. Right. right. So the way, that's the way I'm I saying. described it is the way I described it is it basically makes your friends corrupt your own game because right. it's like this is my game and my mission. I'm playing through for the first time and you, my buddy, my pal, you're three levels higher than me and you've corrupted my whole game and ruined my experience by being here, which right. is horrible. It's like I want to play with my friends and I see what you're saying about like, well, they could just go through and mow everybody down. A simple solution is you just take their damage output and you match it to whatever level I'm at because it's a mission. It's not the dark zone. It's not an instance. I see what you're saying. So they're still level nine or still level 12s, but they're putting out the production that you're putting out at level nine. Yeah. Other RPGs yeah. have these things in place. That's what's so irritating. It's like this is a this is a in my opinion, this is a Bush League mistake because all you're doing is promoting either solo play which is what you're doing, or just never doing hard. So there's an entire mechanic in the game that's just getting ignored, which is a looting mechanic. That's a looting mechanic in RPGs. Ratchet up the difficulty, give me more stuff. Right. And that is gone. That choice of for me as a player, I don't do that now. I do normal. Now, we did it on that last mission today because we got close enough to where um, I was a 10 or a 10 or an 11, and they were like 11 or 12. We were all within a level of each other, so it was it was acceptable. Right. But as soon as you get a couple levels apart, it's just like, I, I don't want to play with you. And if I meant to play with you, let's just do normal. That's what I tell people. Just play normal. If you're playing with people right. and there's a level disparity, just play normal and have fun. And yeah, because you're still going to get the up, random drops throughout the mission anyway. You'll get random drops, and your your mission completion time is going to be quicker. So it's counterproductive. Right. You're like, well, I'm going to get guaranteed gear, but then you're slogging through a mission that takes twice as long. It's actually counterintuitive. You're getting less gear that way. Now, what I really like about this is that no matter what level you are or who you kill they drop gear at your level you'll never get the destiny green gun that's like 14 levels lower than you because so it, it's it's around about your level okay it, like you're not going to kill a guy if you're level nine and get a level six gun you're always going to get at least a level nine and maybe higher okay so does does when you guys play if you play that kind of mission does having a blue or purple gun negate the fact that you're that far down does that gun do enough damage to where you could the, be with that group of level and it would be okay it, or still no well is it all it depends because you might have a green gun that does more dps and more damage right it does more damage per second it's got more damage than the blue gun but the blue gun has perks on it where it might have a 5% headshot increase or it gives you a bonus while you're hiding behind cover. Well, what you... I'm saying is in order, to, in order to like balance out the fact that I become useless if they're too far ahead of me, does having a special weapon, like maybe I'm still squishy, right? Maybe I have to take cover more. But the gun, if it's blue or purple, does it, does it equal the fact that they're a level or two higher than me and I can do the damage I need to do in order to be effective? No, because all, no. the, all the guns are random. Right, so you might find a blue gun that does less than a green gun, and then you might find another blue gun that does more than the green gun. You know what I mean, or more than the other blue gun. So it all depends on what the perks are on the actual gun and which ones you equip, and then what what gear you have to increase the DPS per second. Uh, so like like we said, it's very complex when you get down to it. Um, but for yeah. the most part, you can just put any gun that you want to use. If you, if you just feel like using a machine gun, an AK forty seven, 
Uh, it's not the best gun that you own, but you just like using the AK-47, by all means, yeah. go ahead and use the AK-47. But if you want to use, like, the M9 or the, the police M4, and the police M4 is a green gun, and it has one perk on it, and then there's a, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, you can get the same gun with more perks right. and probably do better DPS. With, I mean, might have, I had a... Right. It might have less DPS or less damage, but it might actually do more damage because of the bonuses that it has on it. Right, and how you use it because you have to choose to use it with you know in line with the perks because some of them are very specific. But I mean, I had a friend tell me today that he focused really, really particularly on DPS and he built himself to the point that he could go through hard and be two levels under. I told him that I didn't have that option because I was using the highest right. DPS gun at the moment that I could find. And so I was sacrificing health for DPS thinking, well, I'll get a couple shots on them, and it did not seem to make a difference. And so I think that's the problem is that you're dependent on the drops. You don't have a ton of money in the beginning. So hopefully that's just not a turnoff for a lot of people. I think that that RPG element is a common appeal, though, that I'm going to ratchet up the difficulty to get more gear because it's a looter shooter. We want the loot. So I, I think that that was a mistake that I I mean we have, we have to overlook it. But I'm surprised they didn't play test that and get that feedback. Maybe they play test were short-sighted and that they did betas like the one we had where everybody's really close in level. Right. So was it possible to start off the game and unintentionally put yourself in like a little cul-de-sac where it takes a little bit longer to get get to a, get to level up higher because you just don't you can't have you don't find the gear. Yeah. No. Like, not, not like not like for a long period of time, but it is possible that just by the sure types of gear that you drop, it puts you like a little, if, you know, like a little slowdown period. If you do, okay, I was at a point before. I, I'm leveling up faster now because I'm choosing to do missions that are like two or three higher than me. But if you at or at level and you're only doing side missions and stuff at your level, like when you're doing it, you'll you'll go up slower. Okay, you're you're going up real slow. So you might get elongated the game. I I mean, like I said, I'm only level twelve. It's maxed out at thirty. I don't know how far. I think I'm like 25%, I guess, story mission, main mission-wise, done with the game. So you can go up super slow, and it might last you like 20 hours, right, or 20, 30 hours to finish the story. Or you can go up real fast in levels and do the missions real fast, and you might be a level 27 and be done with the story, or you might be a, a level 30 and being done with the story. You see what I mean? So it all depends on your, what you choose uh, to do, because you can keep doing the same missions over and over. Uh, the side missions pop back up every once in so a while. So you can you can traditionally farm, as they say, yeah. as far as MMO, you can the, the farm. The main missions you can farm. The, the side gotcha. missions, I think, are one and done, correct? Yeah, when the side missions per just day? pop up. Yeah, yeah they day, pop up like and that. they're in different spots and stuff. And, I mean, the loot's plentiful. So, I mean, it, it sounded like Sarge was asking, is there like a loot limbo you can get stuck in where you're not getting strong enough gear to oh, progress no, no. to do damage? And I don't think so because no. y even you get enough stuff to just sell too. And then like, well, I, you know, this mask really, but I bought something today and I was like, holy smokes, this is a huge boost and it's just a mask. Right. But I had tons of money because I had just been doing the Diablo, right? You loot, you dump and sell, you loot, you dump and sell. I dismantle everything because I'm not buying any weapons. I want to buy, I want to cut, I want to create my own weapons. And that's another thing. The crafting, I haven't even touched yet, but you can literally create everything that you can wear and everything that you can shoot. Right. right. And, and supposedly that's the best stuff that you can actually have in the game. So if you're a person that likes to farm and get the materials and then go create your own gear. Right. Or you can go out in the world and try to find random, random gear. That's the best gear out there. You know what I mean? So it's, it's up to you. It's, it's got a lot of different ways, um, which goes into my next question um, as a streamer. And Sarge really can't answer this, but as a streamer, I, you, you brought it up in your stream, Lono. 
do you find it hard to stream this game because it's slow at times? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have a video where I say the title of it's like the division streaming is weird and it, I have tips in like how to stream it because I couldn't put my finger on what the problem was. I was like, why is this game so hard to stream? I've played two betas. It's not like I'm like fumbling with the mechanics and like having to like lock in like a Neanderthal, you know, trying to do a, a jigsaw puzzle. It's like I know what I'm doing and yet I, I can't I can't stream this the way that I stream. It's right. it's I'm I'm out of sync. And so I I put my finger on what the actual problem is. There's two two categories for this and the first is that it's it's dull and not in a, like I don't mean that as like a pejorative, right? It's dull in that even when you're in the really high action moments, it's dull to watch because it, they, the fights are so long and, right. the, and, the, and the, the, it is so tactical and the enemies do take so long to kill. That is difficult to watch. And when you're not shooting and looting, you're running or you're looking at stats or you're looking for little packs of stuff on the ground. And so all of that is sort of a dull what thing to watch it's not like a pvp match in destiny or call of duty or you know a strike or a raid you know what i'm saying it lacks that it lacks that that dynamic of oh they're in the they're at the boss now how's it going to go oh so and so failed oh they're getting mad it just lacks that and I, I don't think that's a bad thing i think that that's a challenge for a streamer now the other problem with this is i said it was dynamically dull and dynamically distracting and the problem is, is that the combat takes all of your focus and looting and looking for stuff and running and selling and checking stats takes all of your focus. So there's not a moment where you can like take a breath. You have to make those moments to be like, I'm going to stop and look at the chat. And that's the big challenge is there's not a lot of those moments. So from beginning to end, it's difficult to watch, but and it takes all of the streamers' focus. So it, it becomes very spectator mode for the for the stream. Right. Um, I I find it a little different aspect. Right. I I find it when I'm playing by myself in the mission, um, even though I'm getting under attack and stuff. Um, when I reload, I quickly like look over to the to the chat and I'll I'll like glance over at the chat and then speak as I'm blowing up something, right? As, as I'm doing something. And then I find it, uh, like the dull points, uh, this is a big complaint. This is, let me interrupt my own question. People were complaining because they're like, Oh, the game is so dull. It's so boring. Like you're doing absolutely nothing but walking around. Right. But I don't like to compare the games, but in, in destiny, right. You play the game and then you go to orbit right? And then you're stuck in orbit waiting for people. And then you're in that transition to go to the tower. You're in that transition to go to, and that takes two to three minutes, right? Two to three minutes, uh, real time of you just sitting there doing nothing. And that's, if you're not waiting for anybody, that's just leaving the mission, going to orbit, selecting your next destination, and then going to your next destination. So from after you're done killing something in the, in, in division and then running to the next location is if it's a side mission an encounter, another mission, the very first time you do it, um, is, is like the load screen because there is no load screens in the game, right? I mean, hypothetically, right. there's none except for when you do a fast travel. And then right. here's my point, right? So the very first time you run through this map, uh, there's there's no fast travel until you go there the very first time. 
once you expose that area of the map or the safe house or that mission and you complete that mission from now on you can go to that location fast travel right so i think as the game you progress in the game it'll actually become easier for you as as a as a streamer because now you won't walk everywhere right you'll be like oh well this guy might have a percentage of dropping this blue gun or whatever blue gear so i'm just going to go here and then you're fast travel you're in that load screen you're checking out the chat you're talking it up again and it just becomes like destiny again where you're in that orbit and then you're you know and, and you're going to your next destination so that's my thing and then their rebuttal back to me was well in the in destiny when you're in the orbit i can go get up and get a bag of chips or i can go do something i don't have to sit there and i was like okay so <laughs> as a streamer bring your chips with you <laughs> and put them in front of you or something you know what i mean like this is their complaint well on the pc there's an auto run Okay, obviously you might hit something while you're gone and you might just walk in place. On the console, there's not an auto run, so you actually have to sit there with a the controller and push it forward. You know, it totally ruins your day that you have to sit there with your thumbs and, and move forward on the thing. So, what, <laughs> go ahead. You're, go, go ahead. What I was going to say is, is I think the difference is, is that when you're sitting in orbit or in the tower, there's like a categorical difference for both the gamer and the watcher. It's like, oh, well, they're not doing anything. Right. But to watch somebody like look at gun stats and walk their character through the street and then walk around and pick up stuff off the ground, like that's that's activity and the activity itself is boring, right? There's nothing wrong with it. That's part of the game. That's part of Fallout. That's part of right. The Last of Us. That's part of any game. But the activity itself is boring. You can't really say sitting in orbit's boring because you're not doing anything. But imagine this. Imagine if after you finish a raid, you have to watch me, like, fly my ship. Right, right, right. <laughs> like, That's slowly, <laughs> slowly back, you know, to the tower. And then I have to land it nice and right, soft. Right. And I can't look at chat while I'm doing right. this. You'd be like, I don't want to crash well, this land. is boring. I'm going to watch him fly this ship. So I think that's one of the challenges right. is you've got to find – and Harley's talking about it. I mean yeah. I push myself to the limits when I'm raiding to have that interaction with chat, and it's exhausting. And I have to find that rhythm with this game because she's saying what so many people have said. Is that I, I, love, I love Harley. I, I, I see her in many different streams, and I love the d debate between back and forth with her. She's, she's fantastic. She knows her oh, stuff. Yeah. She knows yeah. her stuff. She's very knowledgeable, but I mean saying that you know a lot of division streamers aren't managing that. A lot of people liked my video because I put my finger on, look, this is going to be hard for you to stream. And I made recommendations. I said get banter buddies in with you and treat it like a podcast and joke around so you've got something to talk about. Like ask them, hey, what was your favorite Saturday morning cartoon? So while you're checking your stats, your friend might be going off about DuckTales, and that's entertaining, and the chat's talking about it. And then the other suggestion I made is, is when you're in combat, you need to be engaged and giving like good instructions and call outs. Right. That's exciting to watch. I feel like at the end when we were doing that, my views went up and the chat was like talking about like the, the what was going on because yeah. we were making it like we were calling out flanks and planning and talking. And I was looking at the chat. I was like, are you guys seeing this? Oh my gosh. Like <laughs> you've got to do that. Cause if you're just dialed in, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I constantly, I constantly make jokes. I constantly, constantly make jokes. You know, you what have I mean? to. You have uh, you to. said it in your in your in your YouTube uh, video that it's hard. It, it it it's exhausting to do that. But that's what type of person I am. Like I can sit there and literally just 
comment about what they're wearing or what they're doing or what you know make a joke like I'm I'm talking to him as I'm shooting him you know what I mean like I constantly do that and that's why oh, you you have to I free these guys from a closet and just started making fun of their hats and their scarves right and like, right right started dressing them down because like you have and that's man even that's exhausting because people are like you should do this more often man it's so funny after an hour of it I'm just like right I just want to play right. <laughs> like, right, right, I can't right. keep saying funny stuff. So Sarge, you on the outsider because you're you're not a streamer, right? Can you dress like a hobo? Can um, you dress like, like a hobo? Not that I know. Depends of. on what clothes you find. Okay. Not really. Right. I have all my clothes are from the Gap, right? That, or uh, <laughs> or Saks Fifth Ave. I, it's all. It's just funny. I, I always make fun of the clothes that you wear. Um, like when a guy drops something after I give him an energy bar or a med kit. Right, I'm hoping that he gives me like a shotgun or something. And he gives me like a scarf, and I'm like, or I'm you like, shoot a thug, and it says he right. dropped like a trendy scarf. Yeah, a trendy like, scarf. You're like, dude, why, why, why is this last year's model of, of the trendy scarf on the on the runway? Come on, damn, Daniel, <laughs> give me that scarf, damn. <laughs> right. So, so Sarge, you not being a streamer, besides being a streamer on here, being on the show every week, uh, what do you look for? Like when you were watching people play the division. You know, are you looking? Well, are you bored? Harlequin, Harlequin actually answer answers the question because the the ones I'm watching are are on YouTube. They're not twitching, so basically what it is is they are editing out the 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 dull parts and they're narrating. So th those are the ones I was watching. Like I watched a couple ones that were that were twitch, but like the in between times, it, it does have big gaps, right? There's a lot of gap of like there's not much going on, but like when you're playing on hard and you got a good group, the action is awesome. It's just there's a lot of downtime in between the really crescendos of the game. So I watch, I've been watching a lot of them on YouTube because they, they're basically editing out all the, the downtime. Right. So I look at this game and I base it on like a Michael Bay movie. Okay. It's got a shit ton of action and then a story you don't give a shit about. Right, it's got a shit ton of action, and then a story well, yeah. you don't give a shit about. Come on, you, you care about? I give a shit about trying to take back Manhattan from a play. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm in, I'm in involved in the actual process of doing it, but the story itself, there's so many different things going on. Like if you find a cell phone, or you find some of these these uh, uh, crash landing plans, or this other thing, or this echo. There's so many different pieces of the story that are being delivered to you, and it's all random because it's not in order because you're just open world running around uh so there's not this like here's number one you have to look at and then so you're, you're getting the story in bits and pieces as it's happening so you're not really getting the whole story until you do one of the main missions and then they tell you oh you have to get this doctor or this is the money that you have to get and you know because this is where the virus is so i really don't know the whole story as of yet so i'm not really involved as far as that so basically, I'm just like, where's the next time I get to shoot people? You know, so I'm like running through the, the you know, so it, it's great, though. I, I absolutely love it all the way that the place that there's there's secret rooms. You know, you can get up on top of the buildings. I wish. OK, here's the next question. What do how's you the landmark? How, I, I got real quick. Go ahead. You guys have been playing for a while now. Uh, how's the landmark situation? That, can you can you actually go to the landmarks in the city? Uh, for the most part, I know there's actual landmarks in the dark zone. Right, they have a specific like landmark markers in the dark zone. At least they did in the beta. Like, can um, I go to Rockefeller Center? Can I? Can I go to? Yeah, Times Square. I was in Times Square earlier. Penn Station. Can I go to these? Can I go to these locations? Uh, yeah, yeah, you can. They're they're in okay. there. Now it's not a one to one scale of Manhattan. Oh no, no, it's that's, a, that's it's fine. a little less. Absolutely. But they do have uh, certain Easter eggs and landmarks and stuff like that. There, like, there's a box of pizza on the ground with nunchucks on it. 
and it says Radical Pizza on it, and it's got Michelangelo's nunchucks. So they, they reach out to the, like the Ninja Turtles. Uh, if you go down um, uh, Garmin Street, it's it's next to like a coffee shop or something like that. Uh, you can see it on the outside. So there's like a little little uh, little hits of Easter eggs in places, and then landmarks. Uh, you don't have to take like pictures or anything. It's not like you have to take your phone out like in Grand Theft Auto. No, and no, take not pictures. only that, but like if you're giving me all Manhattan to run around, and I figure they might have thrown some like actual I, landmark. I'm looking for the Seinfeld restaurant. I don't know if it's. I have to find out where it is on the map. I think it's farther south, or that's why it's not on the map yet. And also the Ghostbusters fire station, which is also not on the map yet. So these are places that I know that I would I want to go look at to see if they actually like in the game. It'd be cool. Um, just a tip of the hat, you know what I mean? Uh, but Rockefeller Center, I believe, is north, and I haven't been that far yet. Um, and then, yeah, it's on the uh, northwest side, or northeast side of the map. Um, they, there's, okay, for instance, I stayed at a hotel in New York in Times Square, okay? I walked up to that actual door. It's barricaded off. It actually is the start of the dark zone. So, like, you have to walk th- next to it. Uh, to go into the dark zone. So if I went into the dark zone, you could actually see the actual hotel and stuff like that that I was actually in. Um, FAO Schwartz is across the street, but it's not really there. It's a it's like a, a computer store. They convert it into a computer store. Um, so there are, if you know New York, you know where to walk and what to look for. So it is cool like that. Um, well, I forgot what my question was now as far as um, what I was going to ask. Um, How's the diversity of weapons? Like really, how how is the diversity of weapons, as far as your perks are concerned? I I talked about this uh, after both the betas, because uh, people are you know trying to compare it to Destiny, and I said, and this is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a huge difference, even from a game like Borderlands. The weapons are super mechanical. There's no identity. It's just, I mean, when you put the mods on them, it's kind of cool. It's like, oh, sweet, look how cool my gun looks. And then that's it. Like, there's just not a lot of identity there. And I think that's okay because of the kind of game that it is. I mean, kind of like in Diablo, you get a new sword, and you're like, my sword looks dope. And then you hardly ever see it because you're just running through and clicking and swinging. Right. And it's also primarily more based on, you know, the stats. Like, that's what you're going for. And I think that's okay. Um, It... I've got uh, the same assault rifle that I've had from very, very early on, and it's it's doing the job, and it, it continues to get better DPS from the gear that I'm wearing. So I, I'm i okay with that. I know probably people are going to start to maybe feel like maybe they don't like that, but I, I, think it's a, I think it's acceptable for the genre. Okay, so I think a way they could fix this, because you really have no identity for the guns, that you should be able to name the gun anything you want, right? So... Basically, you could just type it in and be like, this is the shit lord. You know what I mean? Like, and you're like running around with your big ass, uh, you know, M16 or whatever. And that's what, that's what you'd like to like to, like to call it. Is there a dirty hairy gun? Can I find like a 44 Magnum? Um, and mark with a pistol as my sidearm? I have found, I found a revolver, like a, like a eight shot, like gun pistol. Um, I just dismantled it right away. Cause I was like, it doesn't do enough damage. So I just, I just, I just scrapped it. It's the same, it's the same kind of situation that you have in, in destiny and defiance, you know, where you have these guns and you're just like, uh, whatever, delete, 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 scrap, scrap, you know. Uh, and because because these weapons don't have names like the thorn or the last word, you, you really don't feel connected to them. You know what I mean? They're they're, they're just the, the mechanical, like like Lona was saying, like, oh, this is a police M4 elite or whatever it is. Uh, so you're just like, oh, this is my best DPS gun. <clears throat> you don't look at it and go, oh, the thorn is my best DPS gun. 
So, but I think the exotic weapons, I'm calling them exotic, the, the, the rarity weapons in the game do have names, like actual names on them. Because I saw Goth, uh, you, get a, you get a blueprint for a pistol um, when you're done with the main story. And I, I forget what it's called, uh, but it actually has a name. So maybe in your end game, it, it completely changes. Maybe we'll have more, like, I want that gun and name that certain gun to have. You know what I mean? So, but that was that was that was a bonus though. I think that that gives you a little bit more immersion into the game. I know it sounds kind of stupid, but when when you if you're a certain play style and you happen to find this really badass gun and it has this name to it, like you kind of like you immerse yourself you in the gun invested. like it's your gun, right. like it's your gun. I'm gonna carry this gun around with me for a while. This is my play style. Like right. I found the gun that is my play style, and it brings you like a little bit more happiness into the game because like I loved Fatebringer and Vision of Confluence. Like I carried those guns around forever. Right. But like this game doesn't have seem to have the same kind of feel with no. weapons. It's more of a damage dealing type of right. it's a generic issue, it. generic name gun here with DPS. That's right. that's basically what it is. Right. Uh, yep. But I, I do know that the the upper guns have actual names. Yeah. So, it's... It's purely mechanical. I, somebody mentioned, you know, character creation. I, I'm really shocked that the character creation was so that's, just what? That's actually my next my next topic. What okay, are you go disappointed? Ahead. What are you disappointed in in this game as far as what what have you what you've seen so far? What is the biggest disappointments? Go ahead. One all you. I don't know. The the character creation was a pretty big one because they actually do a really good job of like you see your face pretty often. You may put glasses or a hat on, but your face is there. And I'm like, man, I loved making a character look like me in Fallout. That was so much fun. And I know that's not really the primary like drive in a game like this. But given that you don't necessarily have a voice in the story, you're not saying anything, and the guns are like so mechanical, mute. Mute. it would have been pretty nice to be like, yeah, my character looks like me. That's pretty cool. Because the opening cinematic, I felt like, did a really good job setting the tone. Unfortunately, I think the cutscenes are s- like super subpar. Yeah, some of, um, some of the acting is really good. And mm-hmm. some of the acting is just like we're talking like a, a Dinklebot. You know what I mean? That's that's the dilemma when you do such a strong <laughs> opening cinematic, is it creates all this emotion. When they talked about how the division was has always been around, and they only get activated when it, you know there's nothing else that can be done, and then we're gonna take this city back. I was like. That's pretty dope. Like, that's a good way to set the ethos. The way the Taken King cinematic really set, like, an awesome tone for what we were doing. It was great. And then you get into, like, the first cutscene and you're kind of like, this just isn't, this just doesn't jive with the opening emotional drive. And then the cutscenes, in my opinion, start to just get worse because right. there, there are the good ones and then the really bad ones. And I'm kind of like, I don't know why bother at that point if you're not going to knock it out of the park. And I know that's there for the flavor and people are like, well, if it wasn't there, it would just be really bland. And I kind of agreed with people. I'm like, okay, it's, it's okay that they're there. The other real big thing I was disappointed was that the level scaling that I complained about earlier because I feel like you're not allowing me to play you know, the way that I want. And when I was by myself and ratcheted up the difficulty – they do rely on some what I consider to be kind of cheap AI right. to make it difficult. Like as soon as I would I would be undercover and as soon as I would pop up to take a shot, before I like broke the plane with my gun, like just my body starts to move up, I'd get shot. And their DPS output was so high at my level, their DPS output was so high, I, I had to go immediately back into cover. And it didn't feel challenging. It felt cheap. 
And I feel like when the pendulum swings too sharp and the enemy does shoot that quickly and have that high of a damage output, it doesn't feel challenging. It just feels like I'm getting sort of ripped off. So that's kind of where I land. I, there's not much that's disappointed me. The character creation was disappointing, and then the the level scaling and some of the AI difficulty swing doesn't feel challenging. I The, the way that one mission played out at the end of my stream today was perfect because – we weren't dying the whole time. We did die because we played. We weren't playing smart. It was our own fault, and it was forcing us to play and adapt. And I thought it was. I thought it was perfect. And I right. hope that that tone continues because I really like that. Yeah, my, my biggest problem was the character creation. It's just like generic eight guys. You got your black guy, the Chinese guy, the white guy, a Spanish guy, and I'm like, really? Like, come on! Like, you had three years of this game to develop, right? Fallout, like, all of a sudden shows you this character customization, which is the most insane character customization for any console game. I know there's a Black Desert out there for the PC, which is just phenomenal character creation. But this game, come on, man. At least in the DLCs, let me have more customization for the characters. Let me have a guy with long hair. Let me have a guy with a super neck beard. You know what I mean? Like, let me let me have... Let me have these things, you know what I mean? And it seemed like the women weren't as thought out as much as the men. Like, I, I looked at the men, and I was like, I was like, oh, man, these guys look rough. And then I went to the women, and I was like, oh, I'm going back to the men. Like, it was just, it, it, none of the characters just Oh, looked... wait a minute. Are, 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 what are they supposed to be, like, supermodels no, in post-apocalyptic well, no, Manhattan? Supposed, no, they all look, they just look weird. It looked like they took one guy's face and just kind of, like, morphed into, like, different nationalities and stuff. It was just weird, right? It just, it just doesn't look right. Uh, I thought the way they did it, you know, where it's the back of your head, you have a hood on, and then all of a sudden you look into the cop car and then you see your face. I thought that was well done. Mm -hmm. But then the whole character creation itself, first of all, don't put fucking tattoos in. If all I see is, like, this section, like, right here on your neck, okay? Because you don't really see it, and, and they look terrible. They're, like, very pixelated. They look smudgy. Like, it's like, it was like an afterthought about putting it in. It's like, look... Don't even bother putting the, the tattoos in because once I put a beard and hair on and I can see like it looks like someone like took a magic marker and just like rubbed it on my neck. All right. There's, so that was bad customization there. As far as the actual style, the very first time when I started playing the game, even in the beta, every time I wanted to jump over the wall, I was hitting A. Right. Yep, and, same here. And yep. I was hitting the wall and I'm like, no, jump over. And I'm like, why isn't it working? And I'm like, oh, it's it's B. Right. So then I had to hit B and then you, you hop over the wall. Uh why isn't there a crouch? I'm not asking for prone. I'm just asking for a crouch, right? So when I go from one section to the next, I mean, it is, I'm getting better with it. You know, when you're against a car and you just move the arrow, it, it, it hugs the car and moves around it, and then you can run to the next location. I get it. But it would have been nice to be out in the open and slowly, methodically, like, creep around, you know, and, and, mm -hmm. and be crouched down, but you can't do it. You, you can't do it. So that's that's a big flaw there. Um yeah, I thought the cover-based mechanics were probably the best I've ever interacted with. Yes. Having having to hold it and wait for the meter to fill, right. and then you round the corner, and you still stay on the corner, so you don't accidentally keep moving wow. around the corner. Right. right, Holding down A to move from cover to cover instead of tapping A, like, they were really thoughtful about the, the cover mechanics, and I think that's where the crouch would be nice, because if you do start using the cover... You can basically go anywhere crouch if you're holding down A because right. you kind of run um, crouch. And so I think you can use use the cover. That just feels like you're forcing me to, to leverage a mechanic in an artificial way instead of just crouching up to a car the way I'd like to. 
So I'm with you on the crouch. So to answer your thing about when you were hiding behind cover, right, and you wanted to snipe that guy, but when you came up, he would shoot you. I when I first I was like, oh man, this sucks. This I, I thought the exact same thing. But then I was like, you know what? He he has to reload, right? And he does the same thing. And sometimes they reload out in the open, and you can take a shot. And then another time is they only know where you are from where the last time you saw show yourself. So if you pop your head up, right, and you get hit, and then kind of walk over two feet, okay, they're still going to shoot at that spot where you were, and you have the actual advantage on them now because while they're popped up, you can pop up on the other side, and you have that second and a half, two seconds to actually make that shot. Um, I was doing one of the missions down in the, in, the, in the sewer system, and I was going against one of the bosses. I forget which boss it was. Um, it's in my VODs, if you guys – it's the last VOD that I did today, earlier today. He had a super heavy machine gun, and all of a sudden I'm behind cover, and all of a sudden I noticed the wall decaying, okay? Like, it was actually breaking apart and getting thinner and thinner and thinner, okay? Where he actually punctured through the wall and then started shooting me. And I was like, what? I was like, so I, I angled the camera just a little bit up higher, you know, so I'm looking down a little bit, and I was like, I was like no way, he's actually chipping away at the concrete, and I was like, that's a cool mechanic. So that's where I learned it. I was like, let me move over a little bit. And he was still shooting that spot. And then I got up while he was gun jammed or whatever. And then I started taking him out in the face. So I see what you're saying. I was in the exact same boat as you. And I was like, ah, I got to use the cover to my advantage. They see where you are. So if you can, if you can get out of there without them seeing you and then go to the side, you have the total advantage on them and can, mm. you know, you can flank them and stuff. So there you go. It's a bad one of the points is does the AI bad. really does, does the AI really do that though? Does do they do you have that kind of advantage if you're quick and you move over? Yeah, they no, you they shoot the wrong do. spot. Absolutely do, and they'll yeah. you'll actually hear them call it out. They'll they'll do it to you too, right? They're like they're like get, get him, he's over there, and they'll one guy will suppress fire you, and you'll be behind cover, and then other guys will flank around, and they're like I'm gonna get you, and they they come around and they actually right in your face. It's pretty yeah. cool. And I, oh, I like the mechanic too of like you can you can if you're quick enough with shooting at their face you can suppress snipers before they get their shot off it's tough but you can do it and I got in a rhythm and I kept suppressing I was like the snipers are suppressed move up snipers are suppressed move up and then I failed I missed a couple shots like they're not suppressed they're not suppressed right, so right. there was I I like that and we we did a mission where we were like in a tunnel. And we went to leave, and the one guy turned around. And he's like, "Guys, look at this!" And we turned around, and all of the focus fire bullets where the enemies had been shooting was still there. So you could see where we were all—we had all been hiding and had all been dug right, in, almost right. like when you go to a paintball course. Like you see where all the paint hits. It was really neat. It was like, "Wow, man!" Like all the woods chipped away, and there's holes because they're shooting at that spot. I like that too. I didn't realize. I didn't put together what you're saying. Is well, they'll keep shooting at that spot right, until they see you shoot next. At that spot. Yeah. Yeah. So is there anything else that you guys uh, – Sarge, do you have any questions about Division or Lono? Do you have any other points that you wanted to bring up for the Division? No, for me, I'm good because I, I've watched enough videos to know what the game consists of. The the stuff I asked you guys, you guys knocked it out. I'm, we're good. Like I, I know what I need to know. My only thought is given that people are already grinding up to the end game – is were they thoughtful about endgame activities? And it sounds like on the outset they were because there's a bunch of stuff you don't even get access to until your endgame, like daily activities, right. weekly activities. And the Phoenix coins um, and stuff like that. Right, and so that that's the big challenge for games like this is you don't want the grind to the end to be a hamster wheel. Well, we got to slow down the guys that are going to just, just blister through it because if you do that – 80% of the community that doesn't play it at that, you know, Mach 10 speed is like, 
this takes too long. This is horrible. So you you have to you have to entertain both people, and I think that's a real challenge, not just for the division, but also for Destiny. Like you have to have an end game that's deep, and then you have to have a game that leads up to it that's long. It's almost like you're leading up to it, and then it gets there's just this depth where you can hang out in the end game and not feel like everything you do is superfluous and you know tenuously linked to anything. You're just right. like, well, I'm just doing the same thing over and over again. So it sounds like they're being thoughtful about that. Hopefully the year one plan that they've got outlined with all the DLC is stuff that is also then thoughtful about that because you're going to have the guys that blister through it. What's going to be that depth at the end of the content for them? Because if it's not there, that I think will spell trouble for the game because those are the people streaming and making YouTubes and being the most vocal. Do you think real quick – both this is a question for both of you. Do you think down the road? Now I'm talking. They haven't told us what the last expansion part is, right? Or what they're going to do in year two. If you say Brooklyn, I'm going to punch. No, you. no, Brooklyn's in the beginning of the game. Um, All right. So <laughs> basically, do you think that they'll put? Because yeah, there's PvP in it, right? But it's not competitive PvP. Do you mm. think down the road they would put something in the game where it's just a mode, just sort of like Destiny put, you know, the, their their crucible in? Uh, do you think they'll put a eight on eight or? you know, four on four competitive type type thing set on boards that, you know, maps that we've seen in the missions and stuff. Do you think they would do something like that? I think, and I think because of the way this game is made, the cover system type of game that it is, it makes it harder to be a, uh, like, com- like a competitive, a competitive uh, real sports game like that. It's not going to, can't be that way. Okay. Not like, not like the other ones that are coming out. It, that would be very, it would be a lot harder to, to lay the groundwork for setting up a map that was equal on both sides. You start, you would start changing the way the game was because the game is this way. Now all of a sudden I have to make a map where it's equal on both sides or it's, it's fair. You have to put the explosive barrels. It it would start looking like a call of duty map as opposed to it's a division. It's its own game. Yeah, I think he's right. I also think it wouldn't work with the, the like, the sort of meta and identity of the game like how would you set that up like how would you explain it because the dark zone is explained within the story and going rogue (laughs) makes sense because like we're not really answering to anybody when we're in there we can kind of go crazy if we want to i do think something they could add and this is where i think they could find the middle ground is you could create instances based on player behavior so if you go rogue you could decide i want to go rogue and go initiate this instance where I'm defending this area against people that are in the area, and if I, I do, I get some prize. Because I think the basic mechanics are there for a simple attack and defend games, like just real simple. But you want it to be more natural and organic within the sort of dark zone, and then you'd get the alert if you were in the area. It'd be like, and you know, rogue agents have overtaken an area. You must apprehend, you know, right, whatever. And right. then you're like, I want to be a part of this. And once enough people enter that instance, it then closes off. Right. Oh, nice! A player started instance. That that yeah. would be that would actually be cool. Yeah, be cool. and that would be less competitive and less sweaty and just more fun. Of like, oh, these rogue guys are, are hiding out, and if they if they if they survive, they get this really amazing loot box that they're they've protected. Right. And if we overtake them, we get it. Right. And you so get it simple instead. attack and defend, and that would be. I think that would fit within the meta. <laughs> Um, and it would work, and I also think the way the mechanics, like Sarge was talking about, I think it would work with the type of mechanics that you have. It's just a simple attack and defend that already kind of happens with extraction anyway. Well, Fury said it in chat. He was talking about, uh, like, 
he he says what I, what I was thinking, like division versus the rioters. Like you could pick division agents or the rioters or the the cleaners, right? And it wouldn't be like a MLG type esport thing. It would be more of a just PvP, you know, sort of like what they did in like Uncharted or uh, you know uh, yeah. Tomb Raider, where you can pick the the different factions and just have fun six versus six. Yeah, that won't happen. That that had to be sequestered off, and that would ruin the whole idea of like, here's your. As soon as the game boots up, your characters, bam, front and center. You go in, it's seamless. You go from right. PVE to PVP, it's seamless. That would break that identity, I think, and it would grate against it. I don't think they'll ever do that. Okay. Or uh, or you could actually be the cleaner, or you could actually be the burners. You know, you could actually be one side is those guys, and they have an objective. Well, that's, that's what I was saying. That's what he. That's yeah, what I was saying. Yeah. yeah. And that's where I feel like they won't do that because if you're suddenly deciding to play as a cleaner, that that doesn't that doesn't jive with the meta. Like you're suddenly not your character, right? And I don't, you're just I don't a random think character, fits, right? Yeah, that doesn't fit with the identity of the division. I think it's a cool idea, but I don't think they'll do it. All right, so we're all in. I don't think that they're going to put something like that in. All right, so we're running out of time. We're, the last the last topic. Um, I love that we talked about the division for almost like an hour. <laughs> um, so basically, uh, at E3 this year, okay, lots of big companies are not going to E3, right? Like EA is not going. Uh, hold on, let me see. EA is not going. Disney Interactive is not going. Uh, Activision, Blizzard, and uh, are not going. What do you think, or how do you think this is going to affect uh, E3 going forward for like you, you know New Year's uh, to come? Uh, do you think that this is the new method of the way like they sort of like Fallout did last year or Bethesda? I'm sorry, Bethesda did last year where E3 was on the cusp and they're like the night before E3 was supposed to launch. They're like, boom, there's the big bomb. Here's the mic drop. We just were coming out in October and they came out and that was like the best part of E3. Right. So majority of the companies are going their own route now. Uh, so what do you think this does for the industry as far as E3 is the biggest show to show your your stuff at, uh, how do you think the the, the culture is changing? I, I don't I don't think it is changing. I think what we're we, what we have now is triple A titles take time. If you don't have something to show for E three to let you know that it's coming out that year, you don't really need to go. We know you're busy working on something. It's not. It, I think well, it's expensive it does, also it does to be give, at E3. It's like a million dollar booth and stuff that they have. It does. There. It, it doesn't matter. What I'm what I'm saying is is it gives a, it gives a lot of the indies and a lot of these up and other coming people to go there to push their wares because they don't have to worry about some other AAA title coming out to blow them out of the water. You'll have a lot of independent guys come out who's who's trying to get a start. If you don't see if you don't see EA there, we know Battlefield's not coming out this year. That's that's how that's how easy it is to look at it now. I know what games I'll be looking for this year, depending on who's going to be there or not. It makes it, it it's not it's not the downfall of E3. It's just the way things are. It, games take longer. If you don't have the information, you have to wait till next year. It, it's it's got nothing to do with that we're changing that much. It just so, it's longer. So you're it's, so but the way that you think it's happening is sort of like uh, PAX East or PAX West. It's just a bigger independent thing now. You don't think a lot of AAA titles? You don't no, think no, I'm that? not saying it's going to be a bigger independent thing. What I'm saying is because these big titles take time, our input is, is directing uh, developers to make sure that the games are done properly because otherwise players just don't give a shit. We won't buy the game, okay? So they have to make sure that their game is done well. Okay, so they're right. taking longer to put their game together. So if they don't have anything to talk about, 
they're not done. They don't well, want you to know. So the other games, the other games that are being developed that are not triple A titles, that are fun games to play, that are from up and coming developers, have a chance during those years to like show their work without getting pushed down the list where you're not paying attention to them anymore because all you care about is the triple A titles. Right. All right. Well, I don't. I mean, I well, I, and the thing is, the the point I think that does need to be made is EA is having their own show, and I think that what we're right, seeing, but not during E3. No, it's, not during E3. Right. They're doing their own show. Right. I think that that's going to become more normative, especially with the ease of technology with streaming. I mean, you just do what Bungie did. I mean, you build a studio and you you can boom, you turn on and do your own thing, and thousands of people are immediately watching. Right. And if you're like. You know, hey, we're gonna uh, announce a big title this you know this week, and you leak a picture of a gun or something, and people are gonna lose their minds. Like, oh my right. gosh, what are they gonna do? Right. And so I think that they're leveraging that and seeing that like, well, that's way cheaper than paying to go to E3. Now I think E3 is gonna adapt and evolve because it's still a huge platform and it's still probably the biggest name with respect to going to like a conference and showing off your video game. They're gonna have to focus more on giving a specific publisher an entire day or a bigger time chunk because you're going to have to promise essentially more return on investment. You know, you're going to pay all this money. You're not going to get a 15-minute time slot on the live stream. You're going to get like half of the day to showcase your stuff and to talk to essentially give them what they'd get if they did their own show, that focused, long, more of a slow burn to talk about their products. And I, Sarge is, is on part of it too. I do think – they're probably less apt to go in and be like, hey, this great game they're working on is going to come out in three years. So that way you're right. all disappointed by the time it comes out. I mean, we've talked about this on the other podcasts. And I mean, I think other people have been talking about it lately is that marketing needs to come closer to the release of the game. And I think that that is what's so good about the way that, you know, Fallout did it. We, we didn't see anything. We didn't know anything. We saw a couple, like, what leaked images. And they're like, yeah, here's Fallout. It's coming out end of this year. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh. Like, we're going to get, you know, we're right, going to get that fast. Their, they lost their minds, yeah. But had they come out and said, here's Fallout. Look at how amazing it is. It's going to come out uh, fourth quarter next year, maybe. And everybody be like, <laughs> what? Uh, right. Yay. No one cares. Right? Don't give a shit. Well, that's another thing, yeah. right? The way the E3 has been running the last couple of years, I mean – like the division was shown in like E3 2013. Yep. Here we are, you know, early 2016, and now we finally got the game. And truth be told, it looks nothing like right. it did back then. The Last Guardian was shown three years ago. We still haven't seen that game. Uh, uh, Dark Dawn Horizon is that what, Horizon Dawn Horizon Zero, uh, Zero Dawn Zero Dawn whatever that's been delayed. Uh, all these games they show have been either delayed Wait, or canceled. Wait, when's, when's Horizon delayed till? Uh, it got pushed back. Uh, it was supposed to come out in May, I believe, and now it got pushed back uh, to the summertime, I believe. Okay, as long as it's coming out this year. I think it's coming out this year. Don't quote me on uh, that. Um, no man, no man's sky in June. No man, no man's sky in June. Well, real. Oh, here, well, here's here another we go. topic. Here's another here topic. Here we go. They just basically showed a bunch of stuff from from uh, No Man's Sky, and this will be the last topic of the of the, of the day. They kind of showed it, and it they. They kind of labeled it as a survival game, right? So, what do you think about that? As far as we don't really know, still know nothing about it, right? Uh, they said it's like a survival game. Basically, you go from planet to planet, and you're trying to find like the center of the universe. So, this is is this appealing to you still? As far as because it's a survival game, Sarge. Now, this is not the official the, like it's a survival. I'm not going to be. They, I'm not they gonna loosely said it's a survival game. I'm not going to be long-winded about this. I still believe the scope 
of No Man's Sky is too large for what they're thinking about doing with it. And so now they're trying to fill it with other things to keep you interested. Okay. The scope, I think, began too large. And now the closer that we get, it's almost kind of like a Star Citizen thing. It really is. That's it's terrible. like yeah. it's it's this this whole giant promise of what could be it's it's basically another type of destiny. You're you're promising this ridiculous amount of things to explore. I'm going to be able to name my own planet that nobody else will find. And then the universe <laughs> goes on infinitely. Like you understand the scope of right, that, right? I, I found this planet. Where it's, is it? I don't know. No one can find right, it. <laughs> it's, it's so, it's so it's massive. Now, if, of course, if in the middle of all that, you start saying it's a survival game. Well, okay. So now I don't know what planet I'm on, but I have my own spaceship. So I'm going to go down there. Maybe I'm poisoned from the planet or not. Then you, it, it becomes like a survival type game. Like what? Like, uh, what the hell is the other game? The, the caveman game that came out. The Ark. Ark. You know, does it all of a sudden become that? But with spaceships, all of a sudden, because they're running out of things to tell you to keep you interested. Like, to me, I, to, I don't care anymore. Like, right, until right. you show me something and show me how the game is now, I don't care anymore. Right. This game I, is I so overhyped, it's underhyped now. Yeah, I gave, up, I gave up caring about it. When, when you're ready for it, I'll be ready to listen to you. <laughs> Go ahead, That's Lono. It. The unfortunate thing for Hello Games is that I feel like they've been pretty good about being like, this is what we'd like to do. This is what you're going to be able to do in the game. And then everybody, myself included, went crazy because it was like, well, this is unprecedented. This hasn't really ever been done before. I think that's always the danger with a visionary. Anybody who's a visionary and is trying to pioneer something ends up creating – this this black hole of excitement and hype where the game's just going to get sucked into it and we don't know if it's going to come out on the other end and survive and i i don't think it's fair to to hello games at this point cuz what they have shown us has not been anything worthy nothing. of shown us nothing, of really. the of the hype that we've got i mean now the, i think the potential is there and i think that's one of the reasons the hype just just mushrooms into insanity and again i'm guilty of this but i also have to remember that I always try to remind myself of this when a game comes out is that treat the game within its identity and what it's aiming to do. Like if you're going to play Tomb Raider and be like, you know, why is there no co-op? Well, you're going to have a really bad time because it's just not there. And so with with No Man's Sky, I think that's the danger is that we're going to squash a visionary and a pioneer game with expectations that may not even be in line with what it's setting out to do. Because labeling it a survival game, I mean, who is labeling it that? Like, because that seems like I feel like sometimes we're so hungry for a category because we're like, right. what kind of game is it? Am I going <laughs> to like it? Is it like every other game I've played before? Because that's what we want. But then when we get it, we're like, well, it's just like every other game. And it's like, let it be its own game. Like, let it let it blaze a trail. Because um, I've continued to say that regardless of how well it does or how well received it is, it stands to change the course of open world games. Because if it can be replicated, if what they have what they have pioneered can be replicated for an open world game, then the sky is the limit, especially with the cloud on Microsoft, because you can essentially create an ever expanding world with limitless possibilities. As far as if you want to have a world where you're creating a civilization, exploring war shooter, whatever, right? We all hope this is all in the game, right? I, I think that that's what it's going to do. I think it's going to be 
it's going to be a landmark game where like the joystick on the Nintendo 64 changed controllers and you know you know Halo created uh, the idea that you could have MLG sports with shooters and in, in, you know on consoles <clears throat> I think this is going to be one of those games that does that I just worry that the gaming community gets out pitchforks and torches and they're like all right we're ready is the game any good because if it's not we're going to get you and right. you know unfortunately for a game like this they have not they don't deserve it because i don't think they've tried to hype it up with marketing at all i i, I think they should have go ahead jim no i i'm i'm with you lono I, i'm i i hope that they're trying to be themselves I hope that because so much time has passed, they're not trying to fall back on games that people already played in order to buy this game. I applaud innovative developers who try to do something different, especially on the scale that they're trying to do it. I didn't want to come across as like, I don't give a shit about the game. It's going to suck. But I don't want it to be where they have all this hype and belief on themselves. And then all of a sudden it becomes a game that we've already played. Just out of nowhere, with with just a with just a larger scope. So I'm hoping it doesn't go that way. So the way I look at it as, one, I'm, I'm kind of turned off because it's so massive that I might not ever ever see you guys in the same game, right? Which is number one default something wrong. So I want to play with you. So guys. let's just say I do find you. We just happen to spawn in the universe or the galaxy or whatever, and we're close to each other on Monday. Okay, and I see you, and you're on this planet. And then I get offline, and you go off on your own player, own world or whatever. You're gone again. I have no way of finding you because I haven't explored that part of the universe yet, right? So I have no idea where you are. So that to me, I don't know how it, how it works. Like maybe when I you can't, meet somebody, I can't ping you. I can't right, ping maybe you on when the you map. meet somebody. This is all hypothetical. That's kind of a turnoff for me. That you that if I usually want to play, it's a massive online game, but yet I might not ever see you, right? Because <laughs> you're randomly tossed into the world. Right. And I feel that this game is trying to be what Minecraft was and still is, right? And Minecraft is like a one game in a decade that comes out that is just a phenomenon, okay? And that, I mean, it still has life. Like, World of Warcraft was that game a decade ago, right? And now Minecraft is that game now, okay? Like, in alpha stage to beta stage to release stage, it's still as popular as it is now as it was four years ago, okay? And... I think that's what this guy's trying to do and this this studio is trying to do. They're trying to become like the next kind of Minecraft-ish game, or the next kind of World of Warcraft type game. And I I, I don't think it's gonna I don't think it's gonna stick, right? I, I, I wanna play this game just as much as everybody else, but we don't know anything about it yet. It could be the best game in the world. Um, this is just what I how I feel. I, I just feel like this is I, I feel it's a little too much and not telling us a thing. You know what I'm saying? Like if they just told us that, oh, well, once you find somebody, you always can be connected to them and you can teleport or hyperspace to them right away or something. You know what I mean? Like, that would be interesting to me because then once I find you or once I explore that part of the map or maybe I go to a base and find We don't know anything about it, but once they give us more information, hopefully uh, it'll come across that way. Well, I think, but I think they've been really good, though, about being honest about that. Because I think that's where you have to, if, if that's the expectation you have, like somebody saying in chat, you know, it's stupid if you can't find your friends. Well, if that's not the intentionality of the developers, then you should either not play it or play it with the right expectations. Right. Because if your expectation is, I want a game where we can go battle out in the universe together, and they have no intention of developing a game like that, I think they're being very honest about that. I mean, saying like, you're probably never going to run into your friends. 
I think that's good to know because people are probably going to want to get it. Like you're saying, like, right. dude, let's go do stuff together. I think the game is more focused on you and your experience right. and that you get to craft <laughs> your own experience. Because in the one IGN sit down they had, they said, you know, you can be – you can be a peaceful explorer and just find as much as you can. You can be a space pirate and you can scavenge. You can play a combative uh, approach to the game. You can be more combative and build and, and focus on weaponry and, and combat. And I think that th that's where you're going to have to approach the game from that angle. Like if I sat down to play Minecraft and I was like, dude, I really want to like create a tank and guns and go kill people. They'd be like, well, that's not really what this game's about. <laughs> right, right. And I'm like, well, this game sucks. It's like, <laughs> well, I'm, 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 I'm like approaching it with the wrong <laughs> expectations. So hopefully when they really start outlining this is what you're going to be able to do in our game. This is, you know, this is they'll they'll be very clear because that's what that's the danger right. is they've had big publishers approach them and they've turned them down. They've had big money thrown at them, big money, and I think that they knew what would happen. The marketing would be ridiculous and it would sell a game that doesn't exist and so that when you buy it you'd be like, "What in the world? This is the game that was marketed is not this is not right. the game." So, they I think the fact that they've been so protective of their IP that a lot of people stand to have a great experience because I think it is going to appeal to a certain player base. It's just that the people that buy it have to be buying it with the right expectations, as is true of all games, really, right. which is difficult with the way they're marketed. I'm still hyped for this game. I'm still hyped for it. I just, I, I just want to know a little bit more information. You know what I mean? So, but you guys understand that we, we've been, games have advanced far enough, and enough of us have been playing games since the beginning. That the expectation now has changed. Just overall, the expectation oh, yeah. level has changed. You just can't say, "Here's a game." It doesn't. It, it's it's not that way anymore. It, it's great for people who have no idea what a video game is, and you say, "Here's just a game." The rest of us are like, "Okay, is it?" That's why we we get all kinds of crazy. We're like, "All right, is it a shooter? Is it an RPG?" Right, it has to be labeled. You get you already have labeled. all the expectations locked and loaded, right? Right. Is it an RPG. All right. Final Fantasy time, World of Warcraft. Like, you have all the shit already locked and loaded, and you want to see where they're going with it. So very hard, especially in this genre, as in, in any other art form, it's like it's worse than movies now, where they would rather make a game that's already sellable than to be innovative and come out with something new with the hopes of attracting a client base. It's very difficult. It's a lot of money now. The AAA titles and the developing stages for these games is a lot of money to risk. It's like it's like the in the eighties, like people made any movie they wanted. They didn't give a shit. Let's make a movie, right? And you either liked it or you didn't, right? And video games were the same way, right? Between Atari and eight bit Nintendo and right around to the sixteen bit, they were making anything. Let's just make some stuff. Let's see what these people like. And now we have our collection. We have what we like, we don't like, and now we're waiting. We're just okay. So who's gonna top it? Who's gonna beat it? Who's gonna beat my favorite game? Like Doom's coming out, right? I'm not sure who's in this chat. Okay, I don't know how old you guys are. Okay, Sarge's going to a rant into Doom I, now. I don't know how you guys know this, right? But Doom is like one of the oldest first-person shooters ever, next to Wolfenstein. Okay, so for them to redo an entire game for the people who are now gotta be 50, 45, and 50 <laughs> years old when this game came out, and they were like. Kids to play the game. Oh, they're on their like 12, PC. 15. Right. Now they're like 45, it's 50. It's crazy. It's crazy. The same thing I feel about with Street Fighter V. Like, are you serious at this point? Like, Street Fighter V? Dude, I played the game when I was 10. Okay. 
you're pulling a game out from 30 years ago. I'm like, look at all the graphics. It's going to be awesome. And like, I guess if you've never seen it before, you're hooked. Well, they're always trying to hit that that new genre or the new, the new clientele. Right. We have we have preconceived notions. Gaming's been around for a while now. It's not a new it's not a new venture. We're just looking for something that's going to entertain us. And once again, we are hypercritical on the stuff that we're paying for because of the past experiences of the games that we've had. Yeah, that's a, that's a whole and other topic for another that. show. You can't control that. All right. So we're over a little bit. We had a rough start to the show, right, uh, technically-wise. Um, I'd like, uh, like to thank everyone that came out to today's show. Uh, we had solid numbers in the 30s, and that's all because of Lono. Uh, so <laughs> it really is. It really is. And I, I appreciate you coming back on the show. Those of you that uh, don't know who I am, my name is 30 and Still Gaming. I'm on the Rageous Round table with Lono. I'm in his chat every freaking day. Uh, you can always talk to me. Uh, this is my podcast, Generation X Gaming. Uh, Sarge is always on it. Lono's on it every once in a while. Uh, please hit that follow button if you like what you saw today. Uh, I do stream at night. Um, so I do play uh, Division, Rocket League, Star Wars. Uh, I'm a variety streamer trying to grow my channel. I really, really, truly appreciate every single one of you coming out uh, and, and watching tonight. It was, it was great seeing you guys in chat. Uh, Lono, tell them where they can find you. Uh, best place to find me is uh, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Uh, I stream every single day. I start at 7 a.m. Eastern every day but Sunday. All right. Uh, Sarge, I know you don't stream. You don't do YouTube. You don't do anything. Like, why are you here? <laughs> I'm here for the devil's advocate position and yeah. to lay everyone straight about what the fuck is going on. That's what I'm here for. If you if you if you like if you like rants and you like good topics, Sarge knows his games, man. Between between both of us, we have a we have an opening that says that we've been playing games combined total over 65 years. Uh, so uh, we're we're up there in age, and uh, even though we don't look it, and we don't look like brothers either, but we are. Uh, so he brings he brings the a, a good a good point of view from the other side. Uh, and that's why Sarge is here. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Sarge McCluskey. Uh, you can follow us. You see our names, 30 and Still Gaming, and Say No to Rage. Uh, guys, I really appreciate you uh, coming out and watching us, and I'll see you on the next one next Thursday. They're two brothers and gamers that have been playing games since the early 1980s. Combined, they have over 65 years' experience. Join them each week as they discuss and rant about gaming and entertainment news. This is Generation X Gaming.